welcome to the May 28th edition of One Nation Radio on Lords of Pain, the final episode of One Nation Radio here on this network. James, what's going on, man? Um, I think we picked the right week for this to be in, or or I think it just turned out to be fortuitous that, you know, it's the end of the RSS feeds or whatever else and for blog talk and it's time for us to move on and do something else with our lives. Um, at least for after or something else with our time while trying to watch these shows or if we're ever going to watch these shows again. Um, but yeah, I've rambled on and on enough. Fuck it. Here goes nothing. I fucking hated these shows. I wanted them to die. These fuckers came out here and they put on a wrestling show without actual wrestling on it for 75 minutes to start the show. But Rich, there was a Shane McMahon match. Who gives a fuck? It went one minute against a jobber. These people, forever... We've always heard, oh, yeah, there's some competition out there. Vince will step their game up. I'm throwing that line away forever. These fuckers clearly don't care about impressing people, about putting together shows worth a damn, worth our time, worth your time, for those of you that are listening to this. This entire thing has been the slow destruction of... Monday Night Raw in the main roster in large. Vince McMahon can go to hell. Shane McMahon can go to hell. Stephanie McMahon can go to hell. Whoever's what booking this. She's catching strays right now. <laughs> That's okay. She's catching right. strays right now. If you're bending over backwards to defend this shit, you can go to hell. There's no excuse for, for what they put on TV on Monday. Just absolutely horrible, up and down the rock, up and down the whole show. Then they 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 try to get their little um you know <laughs> we'll get to it later. But uh, fresh off of Double or Nothing, one of one of the the great pay per views of, of you know recent memory, and this is what these fuckers decide to bring to the table. Is it, is it my turn or sure thing? Yeah, feel okay. feel free to jump in at any time. All right, so I don't think they really much care about AEW, and apparently, at least not yet. Um, I wasn't looking for them to go out there and you know reinvent the wheel because AEW went out there and had a great show. Um, but I would expect them, you know, being two weeks out from a pay per view to try to make me give half of a damn about this pay-per-view. Um, they did no such thing. So, um, yeah. We have pay-per-view in, was that Friday? Next week? Something like that? Yeah. Because it's June 8th? Yeah. So, we have a pay-per-view in, you know, less than two weeks. And, I mean... I may watch it. I may not. I'm. I wasn't a person that didn't watch uh, Crown Jewel because of what because of, you know uh, the controversy. Um, well, in the controversy meaning someone being executed by the government. But um, I think people trivialize stuff. It's just a controversy. I'm like, nah, there's levels. Um, 
So that didn't keep me from watching that show, but this one is just mm. a lot left to be desired. A lot left. Um, and you mentioned that the, I think in the first two hours of the show, it was like twenty-five minutes of wrestling. In the Maybe first se- in the first seventy-five minutes, there was zero minutes of wrestling or or one minute of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying like. You you look at progressively how bad this show was, and came and like I I missed out on it because I actually missed the first probably I, I probably came in right when Shane was cutting a promo, and then he's gonna wrestle um a person that may or may not be real, actually be related to Roman. I don't know. So then um <laughs> next so then next thing you know, like the match went two minutes, and I, I remember was I tuned in. You said like there hasn't been any wrestling yet. I was like, bro, it's like eight fifty four. What do you mean there's been no wrestling in? Wow. All right. This was a full WCW year 2000. Kevin Nash has control the book show. That's exactly (laughs) what this was. They played these long ass video packages with Triple H and Randy Orton that they keep playing over and over that are six and seven minutes long. They have like a beat down that doesn't mean a fucking thing. They have Lesnar and out there with Rollins and Kofi looking like subservient bitches begging to get cashed in on. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like the video package in a vacuum isn't the problem. It's the same thing when we talk about um, when we talk about critiques of certain shows. It's like it's not a problem about one sh- one match being mediocre or whatever. It's about like the accumulation of them or the cluster of them in a row that just kill your enthusiasm um, and your attention span. So like WrestleMania, all you know if you just grade it individually, like. It's a much better show than if you had to watch it and go through the slog like the last two and a half hours. So, so yeah, um, let's just get into it. Um, My this God, hell of a way to go out. Yeah, hell of a way to go out. I, I wish they gave Who's us something, out? something to celebrate because this is supposed to be a joyous occasion, celebrating the end of our run here on LOP. But they fucking upset me. They pissed me off. So you guys are going to get this review, and I'm going to. Punish these fuckers on this review to, to, to end this. And, you know. Um, so, before the show got started, they were advertising a Fatal 4-Way elimination match <laughs> between <laughs> Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, The Miz, and Bobby Lashley. Never mind that they had already advertised Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. So, you had, like, obviously uh, no clue... Uh, like there was no reason for them to be in the match, but you know we get onto the show and then they announce AJ Styles is injured and then he's replaced by Baron Corbin. Boy, well, Rich, I think the thing is that um they had to advertise that match in much a similar fashion to how we complain as American fans about how New Japan doesn't announce matches ahead of time. They needed something to to get the people, the good people of Saudi Arabia excited. So they decided that we need to go ahead and get out in front and do Strowman versus Lashley. And that'll put butts in Middle Eastern seats. Sure. I'm sure. I wonder how much those Saudi tickets go for. I bet you could get one for about five bucks. No, no. The, the whole joke is that it's already a paid show, so they don't need to advertise the exactly. damn thing. That's the real joke. It's like, no, that no, that doesn't hold. 
So um, they they started the show with a video for Memorial Day, paying tribute to uh, fallen soldiers. Uh, then they showed Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman backstage, and they've run the joke into the ground already. Brock Lesnar comes out with an all-time terrible T-shirt on that says Brock Party. Um, apparently, he comes out, uh, or Kofi Kingston comes out to start the show. Um, they talked about how Ziggler jumped him on SmackDown. Crowd was in the Kofi. This crowd wanted to like the show off rip. They were hot, and then they get WWE decided to give bare minimal effort. Um, so feel so bad for those fans in uh, Kansas City that that showed up wanting to be into the show, and this is what WWE gave them in return. So uh, Kofi said Kingston, or excuse me, Kofi said <laughs> Ziggler tried to end him, but he didn't finish the job. He's still standing tall. He would address Ziggler when the time's right, but tonight he's here for Brock Lesnar. Um, Kofi then reiterated his speech that he's been given the last couple of weeks. He wants to be uh, the, one of the greatest champions of all time, and he can do that by beating Brock Lesnar. He told Brock to cash it in tonight. Uh, then Seth Rollins came out. He said, I know I'm not Brock Lesnar. I'm better. Uh, Rollins didn't want to want to wait and told Lesnar to bring his ass out there. All of a sudden, uh, Brock's music hit, and then his music kind of fell off, and it sounded like some Daddy Yankee music playing in the background or something. I don't know what the fuck Brock was doing. This man was uh, he came with a hoodie on. The he he basically put speakers in the briefcase and was dancing. This shit was hilarious, but. Yeah, everyone was still like, what the fuck is this? And then he gets in the ring and starts dancing in front of Kofi Kingston. And then the songs kept changing over and over. And then uh, Paul Heyman is in the background thinking he's Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, trying to shred like Slash and an air guitar what and whatnot. And Seth Rollins looks disgusted. He basically walks the fuck out. Kofi wants to fight. And, you know... Basically said, you know, fuck all this. Uh, Seth Rollins ruined it, so we're leaving too. And, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, like I said, I did not watch the first hour of Raw, so or the first fifty-five minutes of Raw. So, um, he came out dancing. Yes. Playing playing different songs, and he's out here cutting rug. Yes. Brock Lesnar cutting rug. Okay, on one end that sounds funny. On another end, I could see how long did this segment go? This shit went. I want to say it went at least ten minutes because then you got to the beatdown after, and then the beatdown took you to the commercial break. Who got beat down? Are you going to get into that? Yes, I'm going to get into that. Oh, sorry. So yeah, but ten minutes ain't that bad for a rock. Because normally them, jo- them joints go like fifteen minutes. Right. So then Dolph Ziggler ran in uh, once Rollins left, and and um. Brock left and he jumped on Kofi and there was a lot of physicality. He ended up giving him a zigzag on the steel edge of the ramp. Uh, Ziggler went to get a chair and uh, but Xavier Woods ran in to make the save and basically Ziggler left through the crowd. He had like blood on his face kind of. It was like, you know, like a scratch type uh, feel. So they go to commercial, come back. Was anybody scared that Brock was going to come back out and cash in? No. Not in the least. No. 
Okay. So after that, Woods was helping Kingston to the back. This is when they come back from commercial. So mind you, we're like, oh, it's like 820 something by this point. And then <laughs> uh, Ziggler literally runs up the ramp and attacks uh, Xavier Woods. These two fight back and forth for a while. Um, Woods basically sends him into the uh, crowd and then threw a garbage can at him. And <laughs> they went back to ringside and then Ziggler kicked his leg out of his leg. And Ziggler threw him into the steel steps. He grabbed a chair and hit him with it a couple times in his back. Uh, Ziggler was fucking Woods up. Uh, he was choking him with the edge of the chair. He wrapped the chair around his head like he was going to pilmanize his head. But then Kofi ran down to save his friend. He had his own chair, and Ziggler ran through the uh, crowd like a hoe. And Ziggler had uh, that blood on his face. Okay, so... um, Okay. So, my pitch for you is, you said Kofi came out first to start the show. He got, keep in mind, like, the last time we saw him on SmackDown, he got pilmanized, and then he got stretcher job, and then he got off under his own feet and walked away. What happened when he walked out on Monday? He was throwing pancakes. <sighs> All right, continue. <laughs> Then um, basically, I, I, you know why I asked, right? Because you remember what happened at Survivor Series. I was like, "Is he gonna come bring his ass out there?" And it's a regular, you know, ne- you know, but a scratch. It was but a scratch on some real Romeo and Juliet shit. So apparently, yeah. So so they went to commercial again, and then Ziggler came <laughs> to the stage after that to tell Kofi that he's been spending too much time focused on Brock. Ziggler said that Kingston is defending the title against him in Saudi Arabia. He said it should have been him as the champion since day one. He's had two friends defending him. When people called Kofi a B-plus player, Ziggler defended him because he knew he was good enough to be champion. Uh, Ziggler continued other, you know, various bullshit and repeated that it should have been him to win the title at WrestleMania. But at Super Showdown, it will be me. Um, Then Ziggler left and the crowd chanted for Kofi. It uh, will be me. It will okay. be me. And right. by this point, the show was 32 minutes and had went through two commercial breaks. Why? Why does some of this stuff you're saying about about the things Ziggler is saying like sounds like some dirty macking? <laughs> like you chose wrong. You chose the wrong dude. You should have been here with me this whole time. Like boy, you real like Drake. Real um, lame. <laughs> So, after that, uh, they showed uh, in the parking lot, the Usos set up a Geek Memorial Day uh, parade party uh, with all the the jobbers and a bunch of random people. They were wishing Natalia a happy birthday. EC3 uh, was sitting there in his entire ring gear. Uh, Man, looked miserable. And everyone was partying. Uh, The Usos said everyone was invited except the Revival. Was it the same block party that I saw where, like, Tamina and Naomi went face-to-face and squashed whatever beef yes. I was supposed to remember that they had, even though we're not supposed to remember what happened two weeks ago? Yes. Okay, so you're telling me that EC3 was there in gear. Yes, in full gear. In draws. In draws, if, if memory serves correct. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, backstage, uh, Shaman Man was there. And he told Charlie Caruso that he's going to beat down Roman at Super Showdown just like he would his opponent tonight. Uh, Then Shane's music hit and him and Drew McIntyre, soulless behind, came out. They changed their mind and went to the back. And then 
<laughs> after a commercial break, they they were standing in the ring with Shane Music playing. Then we got the long ass Triple H versus Randy Orton video package, and then Shane and McIntyre were just in the ring waiting. Essentially, it's probably about eight forty by this time now. So Shane, he says the McMahon family and the Samoan dynasty have got along for a long time, long before he and Reigns were around. There's always been respect between them, and that respect was ingrained in him as a child, but that respect was not ingrained in Reigns, who knocked out his father, Vince McMahon. Uh, Shane, ba- Shane basically started talking about all the Samoan wrestlers, Petey Maivia, The Rock, Yokozuna, The Usos, and the Wild Samoans. But Rich, Yokozuna is is uh, Japanese. He's a sumo. Correct. Um, oh, so Rich, so you heard me on was that Friday going to rant because of uh, how they basically just just treat the ethnicity of like Pacific Islanders, just like it, it, it could be anything. anything. They could be anyone. Yeah, they could be. They they are basically like uh, was that uh, uh, what's your boy from Key and Peele's name? What's Key's hopeful name? Michael Keegan Key? Yeah, Keegan Michael Key or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, he plays any ethnicity. Like, apparently so do, like, Pacific Islanders. So, like, Yogozuna's Japanese. Uh, Camacho, they had him playing a Mexican. Like, I, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know what I'm supposed to do with, with this company when it comes to... I, whatever. <sighs> I whatever. I hate this company this, so go much. Ahead. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I... Whatever. I mean, look, man. I, I, I end up looking, going in the um, Google, Google around in Tonga, where Tangelo is actually the island he's actually from. You know, is actually closer to Antarctica than motherfucking uh, Mexico. So, whatever. Like, <laughs> so whatever. Like, sure, sure. Yogazuna, sure, sure. So whatever. They talked about Sika being the father of Roman Reigns. Crowd was pissed. There still was no wrestling. They were chanting, "This is boring." They were chanting AEW, um, and basically Shane said another Samoan would be his opponent tonight. Then they went to break. It was forty-seven minutes into the show, still no matches. Uh, we come back and Shane is sweating like a slave, and he's uh, sweating. You know, just standing there with Charlie, and they basically bring out a dude named Lance Anna White. This guy's actually been doing stuff in MLW. He is one of Reigns' cousins. Uh, oh, okay, and uh, he's he he. Ha- I think he had a WWE trial recently, but uh, a lot of people are high on him. Like, uh, is he the one that does the moonsaults? No, that, and Russell's barefoot. That's Jacob Fatu. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but All right. people say this guy's good too. So, um, so basically, what they do is immediately kill him dead. Um, <laughs> so in a minute and thirty-two seconds, um, Drew McIntyre kicks his ass before the match. And then Shane uh, starts it, and it starts about 52 minutes into the show. Shane's sorry-ass punches that couldn't bust a grape, uh, tried to connect. Crowd with Shane, AEW, and this is awful. Uh, Lance tried to come back, tried to hit a super kick, but Shane hit him with a Judas effect from Chris Jericho. And then he submitted this man with his MMA triangle choke, uh, which wouldn't submit a white belt. After that, Shane applied the move again. Mind you, keep in mind, they in of real time, they had been beating this man's ass for about five minutes. And he said uh, he would do the same thing to Sika if he was there. He said the biggest mistake that Sika ever made was spawning Roman. And then, finally, Roman Reigns gets the production uh, truck to queue up his music, and he brings his country ass out there. And then he uh, gives McIntyre a Superman punch. 
made him look like a fucking geek, by the way. Drew McIntyre, he is a fucking geek. I don't, I can, I don't care what anyone says. He is a geek. Shane tried. He all could be. They never have any confidence in him to, to actually do anything himself. He's always someone's goon or their lackey, and he they fucking uh, cool him down for months at a time. Andrade is so much better than him. <laughs> like um, McIntyre. Then he pulled Shane away before Reigns could give him the spear, and then they cut to the back, and you know Shane and McIntyre were jumping up out of there. So to start the second hour. We- Hold on. So, I think the main takeaway for this, as far as like Vince Man has no idea how human interactions work. So, this wasn't after the match. Joe, Joe, I'm sorry. Uh, the Samoan Joe, Roman Reigns, checks in on his one of his cousins, and so that was to confirm that they were actually related. This wasn't a fake Samoan or whatever else. So. If they were actually related, why would he sit in the back when when McIntyre attacked him and, and ran him into um, apron to barricade to apron to barricade to apron to barricade air, apron barricade over and over and over again before the match even before the bell even rung and then waited while he sat in a choke after that the whole time? Why didn't he come out immediately? Because. Because okay. this company has no idea how to book, because they, because they literally have to have Roman Reigns get his music played so you can get the Pavlovian response of either cheers or boos to to make his big save rather than just him coming through looking like a fucking madman like and making it feel somewhat legit. Did Roman have a match later in the show? No, this is the only time we saw him. So all they had to do was either say that Roman was not either a not there, right? Wild card, bitches. He ain't there. He ain't supposed to be there, right? Unless it's announcing he's a wild card, or you say that security has be- has escorted him off the premises, and then you do this, and then he just shows up anyway and do- and makes a save for his cousin. That all that takes is fifteen seconds of thinking, right? I just came up with that, right? My God, um, yeah. So after that. The second hour started the same as the first. We got Seth Rollins out, Brock Lesnar, and Paul Heyman out again. Uh, There was a referee in the ring, and then Heyman said it was time for Lesnar to make his decision. The crowd was silent. Seth Rollins came out looking like an angry eighth grader, and he said the uh, title was his life, James. His whole life was the belt. We'll just wait till the end of the show when he goes out here before he hits the finish. He's like, this is my life. This is my life. I was like, okay. Could Seth Rollins be any cornier? It wasn't that it was a bad line. It's just I. Like, we're going to get to this is my life t-shirt, aren't we? My God. I hope aren't not. Aren't we? I hope not. I mean. I, I mean, look, I can they, look, imagine it. Look, they come out with the This Is My Life uh, shirt, and I will burn it down. <laughs> so, Brock was mocking uh, Rollins and told him to shut his mouth, or Rollins told him to shut his mouth. Lesnar was still filled with glee, and he told um, that Rollins, the, the briefcase was a beast box, bitch. Off the mic, kind of. And... um. Rollins, he said, I did at WrestleMania. I'll stomp your head in again. Lesnar got stopped joking at that point. Uh, Rollins said that Lesnar used to be the feared man, 
most feared guy in the business, but now he's just a coward hiding behind Paul Heyman. Heyman then began reading off the clauses of the contract to the ref about cashing in. And when he got to the part about the contract, uh, winner having a year to cash in, Brock grabbed a contract and smacked Heyman in the face with it. He yelled at Heyman because he didn't know he had a year because, remember, Brock Lesnar doesn't watch the show. Like, yes. I'm about to not watch this show next week. Um, <laughs> like, this was this is one of the great, like, carryover details um, of a character in a long time. Brock Lesnar does not watch the show. He has not been watching it since WrestleMania, thir- since the build towards WrestleMania 34, where he, where he said, like, I don't watch the show. So he didn't even know the rules of a fucking money in the bank and how that whole thing works because he doesn't know that he has a full year. He thought that he had, a, he had, a, he thought it was a lot less time on a shot clock, uh, uh, to use a phrase. So he's now, he's like, this all was, right, I'm out of here. This would work a lot better if he hadn't lost the uh, title on a Money in the Bank cash-in before, but whatever. Um, he probably is like, look, I, I've never had this shit, so I don't know how that shit works. Like, I normally am out here wrestling like, you know, The Undertaker or I'm getting title shots. Like, I'm Brock Lesnar. I don't need to win Money in the Bank. I get title shots. They're given to me because I kick people's ass. So uh, Seth had took his shirt off. He th- he wanted to cash in to be now, but Lesnar laughed at him, said, screw you, and left, which was kind of like a microcosm of Vince McMahon saying to the audience, screw us. Crowd uh, was basically like, you know, showing around like, the, like there was something happening in the crowd, but instead it was our truth running his country ass in there, and Carmella was on his back. Of course, the Geek Brigade was chasing him. The likes of Drake Maverick, Carl Anderson, who has a countdown clock to AEW, Luke Gallows, Ditto, EC3, who's just furious, Eric Young, and Cedric Alexander, who has been vanished to, or banished to the goddamn prelims uh, ever since the first uh, week on Raw. They got away. Renee Young loves the uh, 24-7 belt. And Charlie Caruso was with AJ Styles in the trainer's room. Uh, she basically had said that he was supposed to compete in a number one contenders match, but he had been replaced by Baron Corbin. Styles then admitted he was too hurt to compete. He wanted to go, but he couldn't. Styles then began explaining his injury when Corbin suddenly uh, appeared and smacked AJ Styles. Then a trainer came in and Corbin left. And then Charlie decided to go back to look at the responses on Instagram. Yes. Yes. Um, then we got our actual first match and what a horrible, horrible match no, it was. No, that was the second match. The second match. I'm not counting that, that shit. That wasn't wrestling. That wasn't, if that ain't what you call wrestling, then it must be bungee jumping. Yeah. The bell rang. They were fighting inside of a ring and then someone won and then the bell rang again. Sounds like a wrestling match. Sounds like trash. What, what happened? It was a trash wrestling match, but it was still a wrestling match. I'm not counting that shit. Yeah, I'm not counting that shit. So, 75 minutes into the show, we actually got a legitimate match between competitors. Hold on, wait. So, what you're telling me is WWE has the main roster has pissed you off so much that you are now beyond like you don't even want to. You are now questioning what is actually a wrestling match now. (laughs) Yes. All right, go ahead, man. Go ahead. So, we got our first legitimate wrestling match uh, of the uh, evening. Uh, Becky Lynch was forced to, uh, you know, tag up with uh, Nikki Cross. 
and take on the tag team champions who have not won a fucking match since WrestleMania. Who is have, that true? Yes, except their fucking squash match, which is not an actual match. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they squashed uh, look, those chicks, and, those uh, those two jobbers in Brooklyn, jobbers, right? Yeah, these these people they literally pulled off the street. They, we don't even know if they have wrestling licenses, James. <laughs> wrestling licenses. Fuck. And, 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 anyway, any other fucking magic iconics have competed in since then they have been looking up at the fucking lights like fucking geeks or stuck on the commentary table because they don't trust them to have matches. And why don't they trust them to have matches? Because of shit like this in this match. My God. <laughs> Fuck this show. Oh, my God. You gonna give us a run through of the match? Sure. So, um, Nikki basically got her ass beat for most of the match with the Iconics' terrible offense. Um, then Becky Lynch uh, basically essentially got a hot tag and, you know, tried to run wild and save this thing. The crowd was really into Becky Lynch because why? Becky Lynch is a star, but unfortunately, when you put stars around the doo-doo, the doo-doo may rub off on them. So... Becky goes for her um, her pump handle slam kind of rock bottom looking move that is called now the, called the manhandle slam, and what happens is if I don't know if you've seen the gifts that have been going around Twitter, like Becky doesn't lock her hands in properly and it looks more like a rock bottom which is not supposed to be. It's actually supposed to be like a pump handle joint through her legs if you. Uh, remember the the evolution match against Charlotte? It was that slam she did in there. She was going for, but oh, I've seen the move. I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw. I watched the match. She's done that before, but I didn't know that was. I saw she won with it, but it's like it's like it was wow, all really finished. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'd like it more if she used the backsplitter, but whatever. Yeah, and she ended up getting the pin on um, Peyton Royce because she was you know shouting out. Um, Double or nothing or whatever. So, <laughs> well, well, maybe. But I will say while watching her comeback, um, Becky's Becky's hot tag did like Peyton was in the ring when it was happening. I was like, notice how like Peyton is actually close enough to where she'd have to yell, "Come closer!" Well, as opposed to like Billy, who was out the lunch last week. I don't. I don't even know. Like they they, they murdered these belts. These belts are a joke. Abolish them. Throw them in the trash. Throw them in the river. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> After that, um, they showed Lacey Evans coming out to her music. She came, brought her country ass out there, uh, and she looked at Becky Lynch, and she left. And Nikki Cross kind of took a side eye at the title, but she was celebrating with Becky. Back at the block party, then Tamina showed up, and her and Naomi went face-to-face. But then they, they looked at each other like, cousin, essentially, and then they... they settled whatever random beef there was. I guess this was Tamina not being a heel anymore. So uh, the Usos were happy to then do a family reunion. Then the Revival showed up and thanked the Usos for having some class and inviting them. Jimmy and Jay said, we ain't invite you. And Naomi said she invited them and wanted them to squash their beef. And then they aggressively shook hands. Boy, fucking boy. You know what this shit reminded me of? You remember in Raw 25 where they had the poker game going all night with the fucking people, geeks and just interchangeable shit? Yeah, like Jeff Hardy and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this felt like. Mm. Um, 
And they kept cutting back to it and back to it and back to it. So after that, we got a match that should have just opened the show and gone 25 minutes. We got Ricochet versus Cesaro in a 10-minute match. 25 minutes? Yes. Uh, As compared to what the fuck they gave us? Well, sure, if that's the case, he'll have him wrestle three hours. But, I mean, like, WWE is not... WWE is not meant for a match to go, like, 25 minutes unless it's, like, a main event match at WrestleMania or some shit, or a pay-per-view. You know how many 25-minute matches on Raw I had to sit through between Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler last year? 25 minutes, in, yes. not 20, not 15? Yes. That ended okay. in a disqualification or some dumb shit, like... <laughs> um, well, the way that you sound makes... In the way that you sound like the the way that you feel like you feel bitter about having to watch those matches is the reason kind of why I say WWE's not built to have matches go that long. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> so they uh, do a match, and it's a really good TV match, actually. And the yes. finish was just like, Ricochet did like some Sonya Blade type shit. Like, it was <laughs> nuts. <laughs> like, man, it came from outside the ring and flipped up and then rolled into a video roll. But they did a bunch of cool shit in the match. There was a part where Cesaro destroyed Ricochet with an uppercut. Um, there was... Yes. yes, he was basically like five feet from the corner, and he comes charging his throw at running European uppercut, and it lifts Ricochet off his feet and sends him crashing into the, into the turnbuckle in the corner. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, so th- this match actually like made me not want to punch a wall like the rest of the show, and... I was actually happy to see it, but then I saw it was what ha- time it was happening. I was like, "Oh, it's happening at nine thirty. So this is the bottom of the hour geek match. And I heard this was later cut out of the Hulu version of Raw. So uh, apparently, these fuckers would submit the show and decide Ricochet and Cesaro doesn't need to be on there. No need oh. for that to to actually uh, populate the the ninety minutes version. Yeah, and how we talked about earlier in the show about how things cluster and. Um... So in a vacuum, things are fine. When you watch the show, you just experience it being just, you know, um, it problematic. So both of those matches both went like 10 minutes apiece. The the tag match with Becky and the ricochet match. Both of them went back to back. And they both went about 10 minutes, and they both had TV commercials right in the middle of them. Both matches had... Beck, or sorry, Nikki goes for a dive on on the hills, and then they go to commercial break, yep. and then they come back w- with Nikki in a in a rest or in a rest hole. Not even between matches, between the next commercial break, they do Ricochet in, in uh, or during that same uh, when they come back from that commercial break. The next commercial break is Ricochet does a dive, a flip dive onto. Cesaro, they come back. Cesaro has uh, Ricochet in the wrestle. Like back to back commercial breaks were the same fucking thing. Yep. And that's why I'm like, I'm disconnecting my brain from this shit. Like they're they're just gonna ruin all the best wrestlers in the world and make them wrestle the same style and the same homogenized TV match. Form you lake. These fuckers that w- I can't wait till Ricochet's contracts up. Um. <clears throat> So, on that end, Ricochet ends up getting the victory with the uh, Hurricanrana, kind of like a, a 1996 Rey Mysterio finish. Um, and Cesaro gets dropped on his neck during this shit and pins him. Uh, crowd wasn't to Ricochet, because like I said, this crowd wanted to like the show. 
Then yeah. um, the announcers, uh, they said that Rey Mysterio would be on Raw next week to give up the U.S. title, which was actually supposed to happen this week, James. Um, Did they advertise that? Yes. They said it would be next week they would be making a decision about the U.S. title. And they okay. had the graphic in black and white with the U.S. belt. Wow. So, apparently they shelved that. So, Samoa Joe came out, and Joe heard the good news and said he would be there to take back what is rightfully his. So, then they plugged a talk show segment with Sami Zayn called The Electric Chair. Uh, promptly, Twitter are lit up with jokes talking about, damn, WWE will do anything for the Saudi money. And they made it look like Sami Zayn was going to be getting The Electric Chair tonight. So, we swing back to the block party. Dash Wilder and Jimmy Uso were playing games of cornhole. Immediately, I thought, the Usos are probably really good at cornhole in real life, uh, seeing as how they are from Florida. Like, And then Dash Wilder, that doesn't look like his first uh, cornhole game either. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> Jimmy then landed the B-bat right in the hole, showing off immaculate technique. And then everyone in the uh, party went nuts. After that, The Miz cut a pre-tape promo saying it was time to earn the Universal title. Nobody believed him. Uh, <laughs> and he announced that him and Maurice were having a baby girl. Everyone cheered. Then Braun Strowman is at gorilla position. Just, you know, when, it, when the light hit the eye, or excuse me, when he hit the light, he twinkled and glistened. Like that boy was shining out there. And he cut a, like, absurd promo. He was yelling like a monster. Uh, basically threatening uh, Bobby Lashley's life, and Baron Corbin said he, he was going to destroy him too. But and then he just said, "Miz, I want to congratulate you on the reveal of your new child," and and that standard verbiage um, that he was given, and it was just like I started looking at who was in this match, and I was like, "Oh, they want this match to suck." Like, <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless. We get a fatal four-way elimination match, which is not actually an elimination match. So, they do like a Tower of Doom spot, of course, because they have to do one um, <clears throat> in every fatal four-way that ever exists anywhere in the world. Like, Miz in the ring most of it doing like the babyface worker. Like, he's the one that's like doing most of the work. And I think Miz did this, I want to say, a few months ago, too, and it's like... He does a surprisingly better job than you would think, but it's still it's still lacking. Then um they essentially the match breaks down. Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley literally fight until we can't see them anymore. Yes, they brought to the back. They like they both the look at each other like they're two monsters at a fucking Royal Rumble. Or Survivor like- Series. <laughs> Double count out. <laughs> My God. Um they're they're basically it all breaks down. Miz runs up on Corbin. Corbin hits him with the end of days. And Baron Corbin, the guy who we have buried and gave the LeBron James you bum of the week a million times to, uh, who we'll probably be talking about later on in the show, uh, the guy who literally got blamed for the ratings collapse in fake life and real life uh, throughout the fall, somehow keeps failing upward, and he is the number one contender for the universal title, James. What do you make of this? One more time, James. Me? No, I, I didn't hear you. White privilege is real. <laughs> I mean, I know what, you, I mean, what else was coming? Oh, he's tall and he's white. Oh, so he's an NFL quarterback. Okay, great. He's another mediocre NFL quarterback. Great. All right. 
like, I mean, what do you want me to do with that? Like, he, he, he's not a complete waste of space, but he damn sure ain't a main eventer. Um, and it's been evident and it's been clear for now about what uh, we're in year three of this, right? With him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, nah, like you can't, you can't get a main event match. You can't get a main event quality match out of him unless you just can't, unless you have three people or more. Um, it's been proven. We've seen this before. So best of luck. He still comes out and he doesn't get booze. He doesn't get cheered. He, he comes out to fucking crickets and, they, you know, they ha- do the, the, the ring announcer gimmick thing where he says he's eliminated or he ended, you know, or he ended uh, Angle's career and yeah. he's a Golden Glove winner. He's a former GM and he's filling the blanks, um, you know, favorite child of the city or whatever else. And like, nah, man, just no. Like, we don't want to watch this shit. Like, and it's in Saudi Arabia, so... I'm not about to watch this shit. So, <laughs> look, good thing they're doing other on that show. Uh, we we don't have to like really deal with that shit in our lives, and there's a low probability of them actually switching the title in Saudi Arabia. So, <laughs> you could you imagine? Like, it's funny because like the internet discourse this week was, um, some of y'all expected WWE to uh, to have some type of you know response to AEW. And y'all out here trying to compare Raw to Double or Nothing, knowing the good damn well that's uh, apples. It's not even apples to apples. I was like, okay, that's cool. What's the next pay per view? Yeah, I was <laughs> so, gonna say, well, what pay per view would they like to compare, James? They want to talk about uh, what, what they want to talk about WrestleMania. What they want to talk about uh, Money in the Bank? Because <laughs> them shit I mean, don't hold up either. Either way, either way, it's like, okay, you said that. But like, I need to go bookmark those tweets, by the way, and then uh, and be prepared to dunk next Friday. I had one, I had one saved. I, I, I actually uh, screen capped one, just as like, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not really as petty as you, but like, you know, I was like, we'll see. But uh, I just, I just was like, okay, like you have a point there. However, like, if there's always op- there's always a chance for us, like, it be a WWE Evolution type of thing where. The pay per view is much better than what we expect because the build sucked. Or WrestleMania 31, for example. But I'll, we'll see. And I'm pretty confident it's going to suck. Yes. I don't want it to suck. I don't want to wait. I don't want to have people like shit on WWE. I don't want to like watch shows and they deserve and this. they're not good. But they, you know, sometimes they aren't. And this is like a show that's not going to be good. Yeah. This is a choice when they do this shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like they choose. Like I always say this to you. Every time it looks like something's unpromising, it was on deck. Like they could always choose to unfuck themselves and book them, book the show to be better than it actually is, based off of whatever matchup they have or whatever match layouts they have. They can like WWE has so much talent, and even the people that aren't exactly like the best people in the company, like they're not necessarily. There aren't really any. There aren't really any bums. You know, really on the main roster anymore. So like you can book up a match in a layout to be able to have a better match than what someone normally does. Like you can absolutely have like that ricochet and Corbin match from a few weeks ago. You can absolutely have Corbin have that kind of match where he's not stopping on rest holes all the fucking time. And he's in motion uh, and pretty much constant motion throughout the whole match and actually have an enjoyable match. They choose not to do that. That's a, that's a choice. Yeah. You know, 
I I I feel like there there can be like um much better usage of probably one of the you know five to ten best wrestlers in the world um than than having um, him, having him literally empty the gun to carry uh Bar- <laughs> to carry Baron, Baron Corbin a, f- a fucking three star match. There's got to be a better use for Ricochet than that. So one would think. I mean, you know, I I see stuff he's doing, and like, I'm like, it's good, but like, you know, like Baron like Corbin should have walked up to that man immediately after the match, backstage, and thanked him for the match. Yeah, it's like like that's cool and all, but like, do y'all not watch that Johnny Gargano um, Ricochet match from NXT from Takeover Phoenix? Like that, like that's the best match of the year in this company, and it's. Still- they're doing this with him. It's just so funny. Bro. And, and that's why I've, like, kind of disconnected on NXT lately. Because I know how the movie ends for all like, these Yeah, dudes. like, forget the potential or whatever else. Because at the end of the day, they're, you know, they bring up Bianca Belair or Kyrie Sane or Shayna or Johnny or Undisputed or Riddle. And they, they, they're, they're still, they're, there's so much they have to overcome to actually, like, you know, just get to... Like, oh, yeah, this dude could be a viable mid-carder. Like, the bar to get to viable mid-carder in this company is so hard, and it should not be. And I feel like the more as you go along with uh, NXT then, now, forever, and I actually had heard, like, someone kind of make a point like this. It was like, yesterday's NXT was supposed to be today's WWE, essentially. And it hasn't been that. Like, and it's (sighs) like, like, it. I would say this. I would say the, the. I mean, honestly, the people that actually became stars out of NXT, the real answer for how many have actually came in this five years is like it's, it's really Kevin Owens before they turned back into a mid-carder last year in Charlotte. Outside of that, mm, over these, like that, since the network, like when it actually became popular, like those are two people. Like they had their shot with Charlotte. I'm sorry, they had their shot with Sasha. They fucked it up. They had their shot with Bailey. They fucked it up. They had their shot with Finn Balor. Sam Balor got hurt, and then he came back, and then they fucked it up. All right, um, they had their shot with a bunch of people. McIntyre, they definitely had their shot with McIntyre. They Nakamura, yeah, Bobby Nakamura, Rude. yeah, like the whole gender thing where they he kept losing and losing and losing. And he gets to WrestleMania, and then they decided to beat him there when he probably should have won. Uh, Samoa Joe had his chance. I would say some. I would say Samoa Joe is more of a success story than he's more successful than most of the people, but like. I don't know if, he's, if you would necessarily call him a star because he's de- but he's definitely somebody that is um he became a nice utility role in this company because um, he's the best promo in the company and they use him as a mid carter which kind of like that not how I was told that this man's WWE works like if you're the killer promo you should be on top because you cut the killer promos but you know he you know whatever so. Yeah, it's it's yeah. You're right. It's it's um it's definitely been a it's definitely a disappointing experience. Like for Andrade, another example of somebody that was just awesome. And then nope, definitely. Yep. Um, Ember, Oscar. Yeah, and like you know, all people that we're naming, and like especially the women, like Ember, Oscar, Kyrie, uh, like. These are all four of like the ten best women in the company's history, as far as like match output. I, f- I feel like I haven't seen uh, <laughs> Kyrie and Oscar since they named them the Kabuki Warriors, and we just haven't seen them again. Yeah, it's amazing how they just like Oscar just nowhere ever to be seen. It's, it's, it's almost like there's a show coming up that there are no women on it. 
and they can't really put them on TV. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So back on the block party. Let's get back to it. Uh, Scott Hawson, Dawson had cheated in the cornhole game, which led to a big argument. Our truth came through because he was running and running and running like Forrest Gump and, Kaliso tried to roll him up, but Truth kicked out. Anderson tried to pin him, but Truth kicked out. Uh, then all the wrestlers got in a brawl, and then Truth escaped. More Firefly Funhouse shenanigans. Bray Wyatt had a paper plate up to his face with a drawing of a mask on it. Then um, he was dressed as a doctor, and he diagnosed Abby the Witch as a bully. She said she was sick of being stuck in limbo. The word limbo triggered a game where Bray Wyatt did his spider walk under a bar and the kids appeared uh, like they didn't care and Bray said, let me in. And it was just like, I don't know what this is. So so, so my takeaway from it is for the people that want to get, you know, <clears throat> want to take it as it's this um, higher form of art um, that the real story here is that Abby is, of course, Sister Abigail, and she is stuck in limbo because either A, um, Bray Wyatt won't let her move on to the to the to the uh, the other side and and rest in you know where all the other ghosts actually go uh, because he draws power from her or used to anyway or whatever after Orton burnt down that fucking gravesite whatever or two. It is um, supposed to be some type of kind of like that kind of thread was always there um, as something they can use as a character development with him, and they never used it. And now he is basically pointing out that like we never did the Sister Abigail thing. Like we could have did Mickey Cross, we could have used Paige, we could have used Sarah Logan. We never did it. We decided to dress me up in a fucking uh, uh, was it a pumpkin and that fucking thing. veil deal or whatever else, and I was going to be Sister Abigail my damn self until I caught the mumps Boy. or meningitis. Roman caught the mumps. What kind of fucking road trip was that? Because they were, you know, those, you know, those two were actually like riding road tripping together, right? Yeah. Like what the fuck were they on? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, yeah. So either way, not good. Yeah. So. Um, the electric chair segment was up next with Corey Graves and yes, Sami Zayn. So Corey Graves introduced the segment saying any superstar in the chair will be forced to tell the truth. Um, or what? Yeah, they, that, that what? part wasn't given. It's not after electric chair. Yeah. She's not plugged up anything. Yeah, I didn't see any wires behind that bitch or nothing. So, uh, the, he's not strapped in. So the, the questions were provided by the fans in the crowd, and these fans look to be legit fans, actually. Um, there's been a lot of fallout from this segment, whether this uh, what happened and it was ended up being scripted, whether they were intending to, to basically lay a trap to basically do something, then that trap not actually come to fruition, and Zayn decided to do it anyway. Uh, there's just everything out there on this. But... Um, to start, uh, Charlie Caruso found a fan who asked uh, Zayn when his retirement date would be. Then Zayn asked the guy if his mother or father were related, uh, which wouldn't be unreasonable given that they were in Kansas City. What's up to all our Kansas City listeners? Um, Are you saying there did uh, Zayn say that? Zayn said that. All right, pronouns, pal. I don't want people to be like, what you got, what you got on uh, Kansas City? No, 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 <laughs> we didn't say that. Sammy said that. 
<laughs> then um, uh, a young girl. Maybe ma- look. Maybe Eddie Griffin won't come out here and fight and want to fight one of us. I, you know, I'm gonna wow. make no problems. Wow. You know? uh, or his uncle. Um, yeah. He, then there was a, a young girl with a Raw Women's Championship, uh, and she asked if he missed the ginger snaps in the mismatch challenge. Uh, then Zane asked if she was talking about Becky Lynch, to which the girl said, duh, in the mic, which popped the crowd. <laughs> Zane Star then, of the show. Yeah, Zane then mocked her and her parents and asked if she was wondering about Becky or if she was really wondering about Seth Rollins, and he winked. Uh, the girl tried to talk back into the mic, but Charlie pulled that shit away. There's a gif going around Twitter uh, of that shit that's hilarious. Another fan asked uh, Sammy what it was like getting destroyed by Braun Strowman. Zane then threatened to punch the guy, but then realized he would just get tied up in litigation. Zane didn't like the questions and said everyone could ask him anything, like if he was a good kisser. And he assured us that he was a good kisser and, in fact, a tender lover. So, um, a fan, a fan then asked Sammy why he hadn't won the universal title yet. Zane no, won. that fan tried to say that, but he fucked it up very so badly. What's taking you so long to win a universal title essentially. And Zane, I thought the real question is Sammy, where are you going to win any titles in WWE? <laughs> uh, then Zane basically wondered about the questions and then he told the fans they could ask anything. They could even ask him about AEW. And then the crowd, like, popped after that and started chanting for AEW. And Graves tried to, like, you know, run this shit on. And then Seth Rollins came out looking all angry. And then Sami Zayn skedaddled. And, uh, you know, Rollins uh, threw a chair at him. So anybody that was out here talking this rent-free bullshit and, um, you know, WWE's not going to respond to AEW. WWE's not thinking about AEW. Kiss my ass. Shut up. Take your L. Um, why the fuck did this happen? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I saw it and I was like, wait, what? And I was like, and I started laughing. I was like, wait, what? And then I thought myself like, Sammy just I heard popping himself. He's like, what y'all gonna do, fire me? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I mean, you know, whatever. Like, there's so much of this Sammy Zane character that is like, at one point, like, it's frustrating, he's it's, it's frustrated, and another part is like, he's also given lines in the script or whatever else, and it's like, he's doing this, but like... Is he actually the best talker is, in WWE right now? Is he best the best talker? Yes. I mean, basically, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, yeah. Yeah, right now, pretty much. I mean, because they don't really have, uh, they don't really have Becky doing much right now. Um, yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, like, I think the last Becky promo that I really loved was, like, after Royal Rumble. So, yeah, I would say her. And then Joe, Joe they, they give Joe just. All right, we're back from some technical difficulties. You were saying they give Joe bits and pieces, James? Yeah, they give Joe bits and pieces of. Uh, it's almost like WWE's trying to save, trying to save her and, and save all of the all of the hot fire on this. You know, he possesses. But yeah, I would say yeah, probably probably Sammy so far this year. Yeah. So this oh boy, I don't. Yeah, I, I I thought they were they were above such shenanigans, but apparently not. So uh, we got. I, 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 I guess we'll find out one day. It's like, did he just go rogue or what? Or all right, we're back again. <laughs> Having some more technical difficulties, but you were saying Sami Zayn was going rogue. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know longer if that was actually in the script, and I guess one day we'll find out. But it's just, I don't know. Maybe he's just doing, he's just doing whatever he can to enjoy his time. I don't know. Just saying, there was a lot going around about WWE like <laughs> working their uh, backstage, not only their writers but the wrestlers with this stuff, and uh, with this AEW stuff starting on the horizon this more of this stuff could be happening and then you know there are examples essentially going back to money in the bank like as far as like you know not telling people you know what they want to do and protecting stuff making sure things don't get out so rich the the SummerSlam 2016 um finish where uh brought bus um or that was the no one knew about that either except for a, a few people so like why, why the fuck are they working the backstage? What fucking benefit does it do you? I don't know who what they're trying to protect because they expose every fucking thing themselves anyway. Yeah. I, I And also, it's another thing was like, the problem isn't that people aren't surprised by whatever it is you do. The problem is that what you do often does not um, reflect or is in comp or as an embodiment of what you did for the lead up. So that's really the bigger issue than anything else. It's not about whether or not people were surprised or whatever. Like, no. Yeah. <clears throat> and throughout this whole show, they're teasing that Brock is going to eventually cash in tonight. And they've been doing this for, you know, three weeks now. Never happens. Spoiler alert. Uh, for those of you that <laughs> you didn't hear, but when Seth came out, he ends up having a match with Sami Zayn. They have kind of a basic TV match, and actually, they go 20 minutes. Uh, and then Seth Rollins, of course, starts selling the fucking knee in the middle of it. And I'm just like, and it, mo- minutes before this, I was on Rob's head talking about, look, man, Seth Rollins is dull. Like, I don't care what you say, like, we, it's been since 2016 now, like when he came back, that they fucked up his babyface return. How long are we going to like let that be the reason for him being dull? I don't know what his knee has to do with whether or not he's an engaging personality. And honestly, how many people are engaging personalities on this on either one of these shows right now? Yeah. Are there even two handfuls of them? Yeah. Um... And pretty much it was a it was a deal where um, I was like you know Roman wouldn't have got his main event stolen from him so <laughs> um, yeah so they have a match it's pretty decent I you know like a little three star deal and um, he starts selling the fucking knee and then I immediately just like disconnect from the match uh, he eventually like recovers it, it was funny because. At double or nothing, in the middle of the match between the Young Bucks and uh, the Lucha Bros, <sighs> Matt starts selling his back, and the first thing was like, "God damn it! What is it with like? No, don't do this. Do not. It's not a good idea. Like, I just want to see the match. I don't need your. I don't need all of a sudden like, oh, remember this from back then? Like, no, bro. Like, either come into the match with an injury or don't. Like, I don't need." It, it, oh, it flared up on me like it's like it's fucking herpes, right? Like, <laughs> like, and the thing about it is with me with with Seth is 
it has been going on with Seth now for what's this year three of it. Yes. Year three. It's not. I mean, I don't. I don't consider that to be like engaging long form storytelling. I just kind of define it to be just like, all right, this is something I'll just do from time to time. Yeah, and I'll be selective about it too. You know, he he does he, he does a deal where he acts like his knees hurt after a um a dive where he clearly jumps up and down like God intends, like on a dive and he lands perfectly fine. Then he just crumbles over in pain. Uh, yeah. he still hits all of his same moves at the end of the, ma- end of the match. Uh, Except he takes like a split second to like sell it and then continue to like <laughs> at the end of this match. The end of the match was he does a curb stomp on this bad leg. So then he's like, oh, it hurts so bad. And then let me go ahead and do it again. Yeah. And then immediately pin the dude. It's like this. Okay, Seth, whatever. Well, I like, just saw and that and I was like, I feel like this, is why, I feel like, this is why I give him so much shit. <laughs> I feel like I feel like y'all are too hard on Seth, but at the same time, like there are things with, that goes on with Seth where I'm I'm just over to like. But at least like this is I this bothers me less than when they have him come out there and be just a whiny babyface. So whatever, like I guess I guess I got to take pick my poison on when it comes to that, and I'd <laughs> much rather have him, you know. Oh, my knee hurt. Let me continue doing moves with my bad knee, even though I'm the architect and I should be smart enough not to, you know, do be able to do a wrestling match without hurting my knee over and over and over like a moron. But whatever. And he's yelling at Sami Zayn, cutting promos without this the is mic. my life. This is my life during the match. Yes. Oh, this no. is my life. Holy fuck. <sighs> Am I the only one that thought about uh, Young Jeezy and Akon, uh, Soul Survivor? This is my life. Is that a rap soul, nigga? This is my life. <laughs> Boy. Um, yeah, man. I thought this show was abysmal. Throw it in the fucking bin. How dare they put this show on the airwaves? This show was an insult to people that call themselves wrestling fans. This was for the sports entertainment enthusiasts, uh, as they say. Um, not definitely. I don't want to hear shit about, oh, it's Memorial Day. They laid it down on purpose. Bullshit. They're going head to head with the NBA finals next week. So <laughs> possibly. So but my question is like, yeah, they laid it down on Memorial Day weekend or those, but like, but why? Like you have a night. pay-per-view, but why you have a pay-per-view in two weeks and you know how WWE is typically speaking when it comes to a pay-per-view build, not the last week, not the go home show. The week before the go home show is typically like their best episodes of TV to get to a pay per view. So, like this is it, and that's what we got. And I was like, mm, this shit was a lot left to be desired. This was fresh trash. I thought this was easily the worst raw of the year. Um, and I just looked up and down the show, just like. This is what this show is descended to. I'm glad I no longer have a commitment to watch it every week. Monday nights will be so much more pleasant. Either I can continue working on music or I can watch New Japan or I can just I can watch Mid-South Wrestling if I want. I can <laughs> I can watch any fucking thing but Monday Night Raw and watching Vince McMahon run this company off a cliff. Holy fuck. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have to watch the show anymore. I'm I'm now thinking about if this was the first Raw of the year. I 
Huh. Mind I mean, you, they've, they've done a lot of shit, and, and shit you remind me of today. I had totally forgot about that Jeff Jarrett shit. Totally forgot about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was what we were talking about as far as worst Rodgers. It was more or less we were talking about. It was a hypothetical of if they were going to do a inside the W yeah, or yeah. inside the NBA with a W who would be on it. And I said, like, I want Cornette and, um, and Mike Tenay. And Mike Tenay is Ernie Johnson and Cornette as the Barkley role, and then you could pick whoever the two other people you want to be. I really don't care. So that would be entertaining. Uh, so then, so then I was like, but you know, in reality, like if they actually did do this show, you know who would be on it, and that would be J E Double F J A Double R E Double T Jeff Jarrett, y'all. And, he would, and then you were like, well, what are you saying he would quit? I was like, you tell me. Do you think that Jeff Jarrett would quit a higher profile job on screen with less travel? <laughs> you tell me if he would quit and take that job. So the reason why that reminded me of that because you sent the gif of the current Jeff Jarrett and Monday Night Raw, whatever, oh, yeah, and that the, made the me Elias remember. Shit. That's right. Yes, that made yeah, me remember that Elias shit. shit. And I was like, this—they've literally just put so much trash out that I've had to mentally make room in, like, <laughs> I, I've had to clean out the trash to make room for more trash on here. So. If you're bending over backwards to defend this show, more power to you. You know, I hope your legs are okay when you come out on the other side. Um, yeah, because because you, <laughs> you you have to be taking drugs to enjoy this show. So, <laughs> um, okay, so I think I found the worst Monday Night Raw this year. It was uh, it was the one in Cincinnati, right? Like, so that is oh. Yeah, so that's like Corbin and Lashley versus Seth to start the show, like right after. Uh, I think this is like right after the brand split, um, or the, sorry, the shakeup or whatever else. So, oh, um, yeah. you got Lucha, you got Lucha House Party versus uh, or fighting uh, three bums or squash three bums. You got Ricochet uh, 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 in, the, in the rematch against. Bobby Roode, you got Lacey Evans uh, in, that, in that squash match where she does absolutely nothing and then hits that that moonsault. Uh, the the war, the Viking I'm gonna say the War Raiders, the Viking Raiders versus uh, Hawkins and Ryder, Roman versus McIntyre, and then uh, Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. Like I like that match, that show. Like I'm trying to think what else happened on that show that was so bad. I can't remember, but. Like I'm looking through the cage match, I'm just looking for like things that had worse uh, average voters, and that was one that popped up, and that was only from like a month or two ago. Wow. Um, Robbie, so bad you just forget what you saw a month ago. Yes. <laughs> for your own mental health, Jesus. So it's really been difficult. Uh, I, I've I've taken on the task. I took on the task of covering Raw when we started doing this on here, and. It would be like, okay, if it's trash, I'll just rip it. Like that was my mentality on it, right? Hoping it would be good. I don't think Monday Night Raw had the better show ten times during the whole time we did this. So I put a lot of like like care into writing the notes that I took for this show. And it would just descent into chaos the further along that we've got until we reach this point where I'm like, fuck this show. I never want to watch it. Like I don't know how someone, I don't know how, I literally feel like this man's stealing money. 
Like, how does he turn this into <laughs> billions of dollars? It's an institution. It's an inst- it's an institution, and um, you know, a lot of people watch it. Not a lot of young people, but a lot of people watch it. And it was her pastime, and they stuck with it. And you gotta think, like, if you're not watching Raw, then if you want to watch professional wrestling in America, um, and you're not watching Raw, where are you gonna watch? Like, you gonna watch Impact? Can you find Impact on your on your TV? And within like one minute, without having to go through Google and and trying to find your TV lineup or whatever for your cable provider or your whatever service you're using. Um, do you know, you know, do you know what time during the, during like that Saturday night or weekend night that like Ring of Honor is airing? Like, um, Lucha, Lucha Underground, that's never coming back. Like, what you going to do? You going to tune in Friday to Arena Mexico and check and figure out what channel um or what channel your cable is uh, is the Uni, is the Univision or the or I don't know if it's Univision or if it's Telemundo. I don't even know. You know, that's kind of where we are. Well, at least until the fall. So, <laughs> oh my god! So, uh, I can't wait for AEW to start uh, and whatever their weekly TV it is because it cannot. There's no world that th- it will be as bad as Monday Night Raw, and if so, they should fold up before they begin if they start going down that road. But uh, highly Ooh, unlikely. Go- the crazy part was you said this is the worst Raw of the year. I'm going through all of these Raws on this cage match, and like so many of these Raws are like. But our sub three, as far as overall show rating, is like, I mean, any of these shows could take the cake. Pretty much any of them. It's or, or not, not. I don't know. Like it's almost like every three weeks there is just a, a god awful raw uh, according to cage match uh, voters. Like it's 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 why. And I look at the and I look through the uh, car lineup and I'm like, wow, this was a bad show. I forgot about this one. And I forgot about this one and this one. Like this goes back to even like Rousey still in this card. Like this is the one in Boston, and it's it's Rousey versus Sarah Logan. It's Charlotte versus Ruby Riot. It's Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan. That was horrible. It's it's Finn Balor uh, versus it's Finn Balor uh, versus uh, Bobby Lashley and and Jinder Mahal in a handicap match. It's oh. Alistair Bla- it's Blackashay versus the Revival. It's Sasha, it's Sasha versus Natalia. Uh, it's Baron Corbin versus Apollo Crews. It's Kurt God. Angle versus Samoa Joe. It's McIntyre versus Ambrose. I'm assuming that's the one where he beat the fuck out of him. So, or or one of the two where he beat the fuck out of him. So yeah, like we've we've had some bad raws, uh, especially since like Survivor Series. Some real like real dandies. It's a fucking celebration. Get high, get high. That's gonna wrap up your raw report. We will be back with the SmackDown portion. Holy shit, I hate Monday Night Raw. Anyway, we back. Uh, welcome back to uh, One Nation Radio here on Lords of Pain. Our last show on the network here. Um, so make sure, you guys, if you have enjoyed our shows thus far, I appreciate everyone that has reached out thus far. Uh, that was in the uh, you know mentions earlier this week saying they listened to One Nation Radio. They discovered it through LP Radio and all that. We hope you guys will ride with us over to uh, the Social Suplex Podcast Network, socialsuplexwrestling.podbean.com. You can get subscribed really easy. You can type in uh, in whatever podcast player. If you have an iPhone, go into the podcast thing. Just type in Social Suplex Podcast Network. We're right on that feed, and we drop every Sunday. 
Uh, might be early in the day, might be late in the day, but on Sundays, we, that's when we put the shows out. Thank you guys for uh, rocking with us here, and we're going to give you the final SmackDown review coming up next. So, James, take us through SmackDown. Do I have to? I mean, uh, this SmackDown was nothing to write home about either. It was like it was trash and mo trash carried over. So, um, like there was a like there was a good ass Kofi Kingston and uh, Kevin Owens match, but after that, that, this shit light. <sighs> okay, last time ever. The show opens with a recap of last week's assault by Dolph Ziggler on Kofi Kingston. Uh, Owens gets a promo where he says that the thing that keeps him from going, the thing that keeps him going is that he's going to be able to beat Kofi Kingston up a little bit. And he says that if the New Day want to blame him for something, they could blame him for the pain that that Xavier is in. And um, uh, Kofi's fairy, he says that uh, Kofi's fairy tale ending is, is Super Showdown. Um, that he won't be, they won't need to send him a card. They can thank him in person for it. Uh, so, Kofi comes out. He tells Kevin to stop with all the lies. It tells him that he's not a good person, but rather a liar. He says that he's going to soften him up for Dolph Ziggler. Um, and he's just lying to himself. So, and he's not going to soften him up. But he's going to, and what's going to happen is he's going to pay. Uh, Kofi is talking like very really. So, even though Kofi is 100%, he won't be stopped. Uh, from making him pay for injuring Big E's knee and attacking Xavier again and again. Uh, so then, so then we end up getting uh, Kofi Kingston versus um, versus Kevin Owens. I'm trying to think how that match started. I can't remember. It's not in my notes. Um, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, Kofi had the early advantage, uh, but Owens took over before commercial break. Owens was firmly in control and hit a senton on the floor. He uh, from the apron to the floor. He then slowed down the pace with the chin lock. Um, Kofi ends up fighting back, but Owens cut him off with a clothesline. Co- uh, Kingston ends up sending Owens to the floor and followed up that up with a dive, uh, the trust fall, and he just the trust fall. You guys actually supposed to catch you, and then he does a trust fall for a wrestling move, and then Kevin does a catch him, and he just lands right on his ass, right on his tailbone. I just like as a person that's like. Had a sprained tailbone before, like I was just like, oh, I I know that pain, I know that pain. So broke his back with a broken back. Yeah, yeah. So so then uh, uh Kofi ends up uh held on and I'm sorry, um, lost my train of thought. Okay, so then Owens ends up uh, attempting a stunner, but uh, Kofi countered with an SOS for a near fall. Kofi left up for, to the top turnbuckle, but Owens ends up shoving him um, off to the floor. He, so Kofi basically goes falling over the stairs, uh, the still stairs, and goes to the floor. Um, we, come, we come back from Russia breaking, and Owens had Kofi in another chin lock and ended up giving um, Kingston a slingshot over the top rope. And then Kingston uh, held on and and tried to skin the cat, but Owens ends up kicking him with a su- in the head with a super kick and uh, and then hit a frog splash uh, off the apron to the floor. So then Owens tried to win by a count out, but but Kofi beat the ten count, and then uh, Owens hits a frog splash in the ring for another near fall, and then Owens went back up, and then Kofi cut him off, and then uh, they fall in a turnbuckle. Owens is a rocking on or Owens is a rocking Kofi with a headbutt, and then he f- uh, fell off, and so then. 
KO hits a swanton for another crazy near fall. He like he just kept dropping his big body on this dude. So uh, Owens is up attempting a, a pop up pop up power bomb, but then uh, Kofi ends up escaping and hitting the trouble in paradise for the win. Really good match. Yeah, I think I faded in and out on this one. So I was like, I saw like some of it, and then like you know it was like it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> So we go to back and we end up getting Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre and, and Elias in, in uh, Shane's office. A graphic air promoting that it is, in fact, Shane McMahon Appreciation Night, and they're going to do a segment later. Um, we go somewhere else backstage where it's R Truth and Carmelo running backstage. R Truth complained about having to defend the title at all times. So then they hide in the room, and then Drake Maverick walks by, putting up some more. R Truth wanted posters, and then they run off um, the other the opposite direction without without being uh, seen. So then we're going somewhere else. Uh, we're going to Motor Ring. We get an interview with uh, Caleb Blackson interviewing. Uh, I've ruined the gimmick. It's the Fly Ref. The Fly Ref interviewing uh, Daniel Bryan and uh, Rowan in in the ring. Um, she revealed that they requested this time to reissue their mission statement. Bryan called the SmackDown Tag Team Division a joke. Uh, Bryan and Rowan. Um, have, have a sorry. Brian says that Rowan has a joke. Rowan then goes and says, "Knock, knock." Kayla says, "Who's there?" Rowan says, "Uh, tag team WWE tag team wrestling." Kayla says, "WWE tag team wrestling." Who? Rowan says, "Exactly." <laughs> I, I and I was just like, "This the real. This the realest thing we we've seen on in a while on the screen." Uh, so. Brian said the people of Oklahoma were um, the worst. You hear that, uh, Caleb Baldwin? <laughs> uh, he said that they're uh, leading, they're le- leaders in fracking and oil drilling, which makes fans cheer because they're dumbasses. Um, <laughs> Brian said that the mission statement is to save the planet and uh, the tag team division. And then uh, I think someone along the way he mentioned that like, Oklahoma is having earthquakes. And they, they were cheering as well because, like I said, dumbasses. So <laughs> Braxton pointed out that uh, they may think that the division is a joke, but there are tag teams that want a shot at them. So then out comes uh, heavy machinery in the middle of the uh, middle of flyover country, just trying trying to bask in all of it. But that did not work because we haven't seen these dudes <laughs> in weeks. So uh, who who are these dudes? Yes, like I ain't never seen. I ain't never ever ever seen this dude before. <laughs> Like start facing T.I. on down with the king. I ain't never, ever, ever seen this dude in my neighborhood before, man. So, anyway, uh, where are we? Yeah, so they come down to the ring. Um, fuck all night, Tucker Knight said that they respect uh, Ron and, and, and Brian, but it's time to get down to business because they're, they're done with the shenanigans, apparently, or they're done with having fun. Yeah, I love it when it's like, you know, they just love to have fun. They said, we're done having fun. It's time to get to business. So, they say they want to shot the tag titles right now, and then uh, Brian accepted the challenge, but not in Oklahoma because, of course, who, who want to wrestle in Oklahoma at a big stage? Sorry, Caleb. So, <laughs> backstage we get Sonya Deville and Manny, Manny Rose, and um, they they're basically gawking at at Mandy's cover for I think it's her fitness or something. It's from some fitness magazine. I, I think I'm always so, going to say this when it comes to Manny Rose. Do you remember sorry? when Mandy Rose? I sorry, I think I'm always gonna say this when it comes to Mandy Rose. Do you remember when she was trying to fuck Jimmy Uso in the fuck chair? She, 
okay, Lanza. She wasn't trying to fuck Jimmy Uso. She was trying to make it look like she was fucking Jimmy Uso because she hated uh, Naomi so much because Naomi said that she thought that she wasn't trying hard enough at five years ago, or five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago at uh, the Tough Enough uh, deal that she was on. Boy. Always had a memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have nothing else to add to that. Yeah, I'm just gonna move on. So yeah, they end up um, like I said, they end up going over the uh, gawking over the fact that she's on a magazine. I think it's Muscle and Fitness or Muscle and Fitness hers or I don't know if there's two, but some some fitness magazine. So and Manny's on it. So. Um, Sonya and Manny and I'm handing out these magazines to backstage workers. They have piles of them, both of them, both in their hands. And uh, so they hand them out to, they hand them out to some backstage geeks. But uh, they hand them out to the Iconics. In the background, after they hand them to the Iconics, uh, they tell them to look at it and you know get you some tips or whatever else. And you can barely see it, but in the background, you can see Billy and Peyton. Like both of them have the magazine open, and you see him doing lunges. <laughs> He's trying to get right for the summer. I thought that was funny. I was like, "Look, they—I don't know if they were told to do that, but like, good job. Like, you did some well done, pig. You did so. Uh, so anyway, um, after doing all of that, they end up walking up on Ember Moon." Was reading Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Deville ended up uh, spoiling in the ending of the book. Allegedly, I don't know the exact spoiling was, but she made a joke there, like everyone dies. So they ended up basically throwing a stack of magazines on top of Ember, and then they walk off. So then they say that the next match up is Ember. I'm not sorry, not Ember, but Carmella versus Mandy, and I guess that was supposed to be the gimmick to make you stay tuned. The so, rematch. Yeah, so we come back for commercial break, and it's it's those two. So, at, I whatever. Um, match starts. Uh, Mandy gets early um, advantage, and she ends up slowing down the pace with a chin lock. Stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Mandy is a rocking Carmella with a knee for for a near fall. Carmella ends up fighting back and hit the Bronco bus for a two count. Uh, Sonya jumped on the apron and caused a distraction. Carmella attempted a super kick, but Mandy ducked and rolled her up for the win. Boy, the Divas yeah. era. Yeah. So in the back, we. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, sure, whatever. Like I, I it, look. It, either way, it was always branding. Anyway, right? Right. It was always branding. So, whatever. Um. Yeah. So I mean, look, like they got they got Sonya, they got Carmella, they got Mandy. You know, they have a bunch of different women that like are green as shit, and it is what it is. Meanwhile, Santana Gary just around, chilling, just around, chilling. Anywho, so uh. We go to the back and Jinder ends up jumping uh, R-Truth and, uh, with a schoolboy on the floor, which had to hurt. Uh, R-Truth just rolls all the way through and then throws that, that geek out of, out of door and runs off. L. Um, yeah, big L. 
um, and that's second in the world. That's two L's. Call him Cool J. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, then our truth ends up running off and hiding into like a, one of those uh, photo booths, and his legs still there. You can see his legs, but he apparently because he cut off, he, he closed the drape amongst the top half. You can't tell that this is our truth. You know, whatever. So, um. Was in a group of geeks basically run um, along trying to find them, and then um, there goes Drake Maverick again with more wanted posters for this black man. <laughs> a black man on the run, huh? Bunch of white people chasing him. That's what that's what they was doing yes. out here. And, put, and people keep putting up uh, wanted signs. It's like this is real antebellumish. Look, and, real, and, and the yeah, black man has yeah. a piece of, of gold that that he's he's running around with that they all want. Oh my god. Get, getting kind of weird vibes on this. Shit. Rich, this is the real 1849 shit. <laughs> you know, this black man has. They are chasing after this runaway and they are trying to get this gold. Hey, also, who did R True take the gold from? Uh, oh, who was it? Bobby Roode. So, I'll get that one. So he took it from a white man. So they're trying to get this back. <laughs> Can't, can't throw us all there now. Like, <laughs> oh my god, oh boy, this wow. And then like, when you think about it, they finally like caught him. Like, like, like not to step on your review, but then they finally caught him, and three white men beat him down and took it back. Yeah, um, that's a little different because they would have like. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, one thing definitely is like the end of the show where he got actually got it back at one at the end, and like you only hear about that Django on chain. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. So anyway, uh, <laughs> five hours of pro wrestling so bad that, that James Boyd and Rich Lotta have to entertain themselves with jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's what this is broken down into. That's what this is devolved into. Oh man, so uh, yeah, so then we end up getting Shane and man appreciation night. Shane, Drew, and Elias for, for uh, they, they walk down to the. <laughs> Sorry for fucking what? Because he's a, because he's evil, so you appreciate the evil because it's a heel tactic to to get appreciated. Hey, Shane man can yeah. appreciate these nuts like I'm... <laughs> exactly. Um, so. Shane McIntyre and Elias make their way down to the ring. Uh, Shane ends up. How come every time I hear the word, I see the name McMahon, the last name, even when I write it, like I still think like Vince, like not Stephanie, not Shane, Vince. Anyway, Shane is Shane Vince he, now. Hmm? Shane is Vince now. Like, I mean, like that he's, is like he's Vince's age and the attitude era now. Yeah, and he, you know, I don't know. Like I remember. 20 years ago, like, Shane was more charismatic then than now. Well, that Go man fitness. washed. Punch drunk, too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Shane said that he was hesitant uh, when his good friends uh, Drew suggested the appreciation night. Shane said he didn't need a trophy or or an appreciation night, even though he has both now. Uh, <laughs> Shane said that he's a humble man and he came uh, and came back to run a family business, even though he shouldn't be running a family business because he lost that match at WrestleMania 32, and he also like had that uh, blackmail shit on events that we were never told was actually in the thing, but we're not going to remember that because that was more than two weeks ago. Sorry. Um, so. 
He says he's all about putting smiles on fans' faces, which is a goddamn lie. Um, he, he showed up. I mean, like, not only are you not accomplishing that, like, you're also a heel doing it. And also, like, it's like, on two levels, you're lying. It's not just, like, this show's not entertaining. Well, this show Y'all turning turn people away from the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, you running folks off with a broom talking about, get, damn it. Um, so, <laughs> so, anyway, um... Yeah, so he said he he's he's all about putting uh, smiles on fans' faces. He showed up. Uh, he showed a video that he guarantees would, would send the fans home smiling, and they recap Shane's stellar uh, backyarding career. So after the video, uh, <laughs> after the video, Shane praised the production crew and, and Kevin Dunn, and, and told and the crowd booed, and then the, he told the fans not to boo, which made it booing even worse, which probably made Vince. Laugh his ass off backstage. So then Shane promised it to beat Roman Reigns at Super Showdown, and, uh, and he's going to beat some respect into him. So then Elias praised uh, Shane, and then began singing a song about uh, Shane in Oklahoma. And then suddenly the R Truth runs his ass out um, into the ring, interrupts, and then like Drake Maverick's behind him. So then R Truth beats uh, Drake Maverick's ass and, and pins him. And then Elias. And so then they all after that they all uh, jump. I think. Uh, McIntyre hit a Claymore kick and then they whooped his ass and they uh, pinned our true for his belt for his gold. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so then uh, Shane is still mad at our truth that he interrupted the appreciation night. So he announced McIntyre and Elias will be against our truth and Norman Reigns later in the night, uh, which means that like what what, what the fuck would have been Shane's um I like main event if not for this like this thing just falling in upon his lap right. So questions um, we're not supposed to ask. Yeah. So th- yeah, I guess not. So then Shane ends up uh, suspending twenty four seven rules. So he ends up suspending the twenty four seven rules on a twenty four seven title, so that Elias can focus on his upcoming match. He doesn't have to worry about anyone attacking him. So we go backstage and we get Caleb Brax interviewing Lacey Evans and then Charlotte. They're teamed up together and they're almost like it's funny because like they're doing like what uh, her and Becky used to do with the team time little handshake thing they used to have. And they're actually like sitting there and they're doing a tea party because uh, Lacey is a is a is a was it a uh, a sassy Southern belle and then Charlotte is also one too but like that wasn't her branding so <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so they say they're having tea and then they complain about Becky and and Bailey and they promise to defeat Bailey um so I'm getting uh, Lacey versus Bailey this shit was so, physical. Yeah, so then uh, Charlotte also comes down for to be part of the, um, the guest announcer, or sorry, guest commentary. Um, Lacey has the early advantage. She tried to roll up Bailey, but Bailey rolled through and caught her with a knee. Um, we come back from the break, and um, Lacey is firmly in control. Uh, Lacey stomps on Bailey, but Bailey fights back. Uh, she ends up sending uh, Lacey to the floor and hit her with a sliding drop kick. They ended up near the announcers, and uh, Charlotte got in Bailey's face, and then Bailey sent Lacey uh, back in the ring, and then went after Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte distracted the ref, but and then uh, Lacey went to roll up Bailey, and uh, Bailey ended up um, reversing it, um, and Bailey ends up countering that roll up with uh, for a win. <clears throat> I don't know if it's just Bailey being a really good worker, but it feels like. There were a couple stiff shots that Lacey gave her, like that were stomps near the mm-hmm. apron, and then 
ba- Bailey like kind of just fo- like snapped out of cell mode and she just started like punching the shit out of her legs like like bitch get like like cool the fuck down <laughs> like like it it, it it felt like a fight kind of with with those two yeah um I thought Charlotte was like added nothing on commentary I thought that Charlotte um because she was so calm like throughout the whole time yeah. um I don't know if it's because it was I don't know I don't know but it, it it definitely was a it was definitely different than what we've seen out of Charlotte like recently as far as how she would act in commentary normally so right. that's yeah it was it was kind of I don't I didn't think it was necessarily bad but I just thought it was like that's not I, I don't know this is a, I don't know what I couldn't put my finger on exactly um yeah so sorry uh after the match uh, Evans is up um jumping Charlotte from behind and then. Because she's pissed off that she lost that match because of Charlotte's interference. So Charlotte just just hits her with a fucking big boot with her bare ass foot because yes. her, her heels came off and just laid and just laid Lacey out. She's on the floor and then I he, fucking loved it. It was like I was being friends with you, you fucking geek. Yeah. <laughs> you, you really do you really think that you're actually on my level just because you're in my height? Yeah. All Bitch, right. please. Like that's what that's what it came off to me. Like she booted her like. And it was at the end. Like this could have been a situation where, like, twenty years ago, like if we saw this on a night room, like this was the end of her career. <laughs> this was the end of Lacey Evans' career again. twenty years ago. Fucking, I, and I, I'm glad that um, uh, Charlotte beat the shit out of her, so I don't have to hear the ironic assholes uh, re- jerk off to them being a tag team. So, uh, holla! <laughs> Wait, what? People want her to be a tag team. What's up? People wanted them to be a tag team. Yes, the the strange yeah. overlap with the people that hate Becky Lynch. Huh. I guess so. It's weird. Like yeah. I, you know, like you know, my favorite wrestling group of all time, or, or not all time, but like of, of recent memory, are the Horsewomen. Right. Like people had a click. People have like, uh, you know, Bone, the, the BSK, and all that other shit. People have whoever else. Like mine's the Horsewoman. So it's like. I, I like all three, of, all four of them, and I hope all of them do great and well in the future. And I hope that one of them takes her ass to AEW and becomes the star that she always meant to be. While these other three are in these nice positions right now, that's like seems like a win-win for me. But yeah, I, I so when people are like the they they prop up Charlotte because they are upset with Becky, like for me, like I can't relate. Like <laughs> like if one of them wins, I feel like I'm winning because like I love all four of them, so I'll get it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so way to go, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the best part was like the geeks assembled after she booted her, and they were like, "Get my shoes." She put her heels back on. That shit was great. Yes, <laughs> it felt like a boss move. Beat anyway. her ass in a suit. Yes, yes, yes. In the shorts, she was in. The, at, was that a was that a was that a suit? Was uh, that a skirt had, suit or was that or was that a short it, set? It, it was a skirt suit. Okay, all right. I, I yeah. couldn't tell. I was looking at hard. I was like, is she out here in a short set? That's funny. Um, yeah, so, oh, man. So we go to the back. We get Andrade, and actually, that's not what I said. Oh, man, it's what comes up next after that. But uh, we end up uh, going to the back. We get um, Andrade and Zelina, and they discuss his upcoming match with Finn Balor, and he said that, like, um, he more or less said, like, what the fuck is your demon going to do when you come up against the great Andrade? Um, while looking down to the camera, so I was like, I like that. Yeah. So, uh, so confident with that English. <laughs> so 
Yeah, so I can tell that he's been practiced. Never mind. You stupid. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> it it would have been even would have been even singing in his native tongue, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, we, like, what brought him my original size? We got the replay of the same exact uh, Barry Wyatt Firefly Funhouse thing that we talked about doing Raw. So I'm not gonna go over it again. Um. So we end up get. Oh, the best part about this is Roman Reigns makes his entrance. They go to commercial break. He's in the ring. They then they go to this while, and then they come back with Roman in the fucking ring. Like, and he makes a face like, "What in the fuck is this?" Like, I can't believe that. Like, I like I've been this my this I can't believe it's been the dude I've been hitting the rose with. And he just came out of his fucking mind in part, or this is the dude that like I had that had this feud and like people wonder like my career isn't where it should be. Like this shit. All right, we're back. You said this. Uh, how was Roman Reigns feeling? Yeah, Roman Reigns is like, I can't believe that like I gave parts of my career to this dude, and he like, you know, I never got over because I was out here wrestling this fucking guy, and just like, just terrible. Like that's the face he made. I was like, us all on this page is like, yo, this is, this is what they're doing with me. This is what they've done with me. This is what they will do with me. <laughs> it's like, like, like fucking up Roman Reigns. Then, now, forever. Anyway, so you, bro, if it ain't like a tent pole event, like if SummerSlam's not coming or WrestleMania or Survivor Series, they be handing that man fresh bullshit to keep him away from whatever to try to like not descend off. Uh, it's like, bro, just just look him <laughs> fucking strong. Like, who cares at this point? Remember 2017 when they had a losing record on pay per view after yeah yeah after uh yeah that whole year actually yes, they worked people into thinking that he was not going to end up in a WrestleMania main event. <laughs> That's fucking right. idiots <laughs> oh my god so anyway uh, so because our troop got that ass jumped like like an hour ago or 45 minutes ago he comes out holding his ribs um and he walks down no dancing no no shucking and jiving as he likes to call himself doing and, no rapping yeah, no, no carrying that white woman's back like he's Jack Johnson. None of that. So, <laughs> so, 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 look, so, no, no man act. Yeah, no man act. Like no, 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 like flying in the face of uh, investigation uh, laws. So he's out here. Uh, yeah, so they end up actually he walks up, he gets halfway down the ramp, then McIntyre and Elias end up uh, jumping uh our troop from behind. So then Roman ends up making a save and they end up fighting off the heels. Uh Reigns in control until Shane causes a distraction. The heels isolate Reigns on their side of the ring. Reigns fights back and hits some more and drop, but our troop ends up tagging in. The heels quickly took over because he's a geek, he's injured. So uh our troop gave I'm sorry, uh, McIntyre gives our troop a tilt war slam on the apron, which, you know, damaging for the back and ribs so we come back commercial break and uh our troop fought back but elias cut him off with the clothesline the hills tried to uh, the trails tried a double team move on truth but truth uh is a fighting out of it um reigns and begin the hot tag and he runs wild he rocked elias with this was uh, some clotheslines in the corner um i'm trying to remember those clotheslines or it was like those clothesline punch things he did in the corner for a 10 count can't remember um anyway reigns is a superman punch on magnetire and then he has a drive by on elias uh, McIntyre, I'm sorry, my God. Um, Shane ends up attacking Reigns from behind on the floor, and then Reigns grabs Shane, and then McIntyre tried to hit the Claymore kick, but Reigns moves, so McIntyre goes sliding and crashing on the announce table. 
and then we go back into the ring, and then uh, Reigns ends up hitting a spear on Elias for the win. So at least they're still kind of protecting McIntyre. So um, McIntyre and and Shane end up going up the ramp. You know what it's going to be a setup for, it, right? <clears throat> well, I'm not done. Just let me give me a second. So because the 24-7 rule has now been put back into place, R-Truth climbs on top of Elias and gets his title back. And we go to black. Fuck them, we ball. <laughs> yes, us. So, after Roman Reigns beat Shane Man's ass in Saudi Arabia, the next pay-per-view is Extreme Rules. So, I am predicting that it will be a one-on-two handicap match between Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon against... Roman Reigns in like a tables match or something. They're randomly going to start putting each other through, through all types of tables and shit. Uh, that That is my prediction. But SmackDown wasn't good either. It, no. It was just better than Raw. Yeah. Barely. Unbefuckingleavable. Oh my god. Um... Yeah, that's going to wrap it up. We're going to be back with the LeBron James, you bum, as well as the wrestler of the entire period. So, yeah, we'll be back. A name caller. What'd I say? Let me hear you say it. Call him a bum. <laughs> it's not a name call. It's a... Nice. You bum. Welcome back. It is the final LeBron James U-Bum of the Week, but instead of the week, we have decided to summarize our entire time covering this show, and we went through and nominated five bums and five wrestlers of the show, essentially. Uh, and I think you guys you know, can go back through the archives. You've heard a lot of these names being praised and also ripped to shreds. So, of course, as customary, we will start with bums. I figure this time we'll just go ahead and announce everyone ahead of time, then we'll crown the bums, and then we'll talk about the wrestler of the quarter or the period or whatever. Um, so, your list of bums. The Riot Squad. When it comes to being in meaningless six-woman tags, the Riot Squad's your team. They will get beat like bums all the time. They are they were just used to either put over Ronda Rousey or Becky Lynch or Charlotte or Sasha and Bailey at any given time. Taking all kinds of L's. Getting destroyed within minutes. Like <laughs> when it comes to Ronda and different stuff like that. So uh, the Riot Squad nominees. The Miz and Shane McMahon responsible for so much terrible television so many soul-sucking segments so many bad promos so many nonsensical matches so much bad action so many terrible beatdowns so many like horrible strikes so many non-submissionable submissions i don't know what the fuck that word is like so many submissions that would not make you actually tap out or pass out Jesus Christ. Yeah, and the whole time when they were trying to become a team, the time they were a team, they've got they've won bum of the week uh and both of those things. So they had to have a spot on this list. Yeah. Remember? 
remember like before SummerSlam, how you were like Miz, Miz and Brian and how high profile it was going or it should be, and um, and like where the places it could take really Miz and where he could be as far as the championship status and all that kind of shit. And it's like, whoo, boy, this man. He almost got you. He almost got you thinking there was going to be a breakthrough star. Nah, opposite. Downfall. Players fuck up. Imagine, imagine, imagine you get a TV show with WWE and then they decide to ruin you. Unbelievable. <laughs> imagine, like, like they lower your profile show. as you, as you get a TV show, a documentary, uh, 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 sorry, a reality TV show, that's when they decide to lower your profile. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. They they completely ruined that. Makes it even better. Dolph Ziggler be doing cameos in that show all the time. And that, and where the fuck's he been? <laughs> they want that man to be a they want that man to be an Asian. He don't want to hang it up. He back now. Fight for the belt. Yeah, for now. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, then you know next time we'll see him when he shows up at number thirty at the Royal Rumble again. <laughs> Like damn, I thought Dolph was gone. Nope, still here. Oh, uh, the third guy, and he, this guy caught all types of hell during the fall and winter on this show. The man formerly known as Dean Ambrose, who is no longer with the promotion. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, the funny part is like people think like, like me, but like especially you, but me is even funnier. Like you know, we're all in on the AEW uh, bandwagon, the pack, whatever else is like. Well, he showed up and was, you know, the top thing at for Buzz for AEW. Uh, he's also a fucking bonus. <laughs> so, just, you know, like, don't get it fucked up. <laughs> like, just because he shows up on AEW does not mean his ass wasn't doing some of the worst television like of last year. So, yes. here you go. Just, just atrocious when it comes to the promos, when it comes to just being presented awfully. This motherfucker got him knocking lasers, Rich. <laughs> they shot that man because the town is for heat. They had a grown-ass man say that I'm going to get vaccinated when I come to your city because you guys stink and you smell bad and blase squad and that's supposed to be the heat is that this motherfucker acted, this motherfucking grown-ass adult decided to act and behave like a normal adult and get vaccinated like what this man <laughs> this man showed up with a fucking bane masks and shit oh my god this yeah. man had horrible matches with seth rollins on pay-per-view he had the map he had the macklemore jacket on too like yes. he got from the thrift shop Ugh. yo thank god he got out of wwe <laughs> Please, I, look. The, the, this was the only option for him. There was no staying in WWE for him. I don't care what they offered him. He had to leave. He had the. He had one of the most dumbest, like nonsensical heel turns of all time, too. Yes. Like he complained about how the storyline was, was was the uh, war, Dogs of War versus the Shield and McIntyre and uh, Ziggler and Strowman are all teasing that that he's going to be the one that, that betrays them because. Look at shit. Look at Seth. Look at Roman. They have everything. And meanwhile, Ambrose has nothing. And then Ambrose goes behind and says, "He's right. I do have nothing." And then Roman leaves because he has to go fight for his life. And on that same night, 
they win the tag titles, and when he finally gets to something, he turns heel and, Remember, and, and beats the piss out of out of uh out of Seth. And, and I, it's so fucking dumb. And, so and, and fucking weeks dumb. after he turned down a shot at the Universal Title or the Intercontinental yes! Title. Yes, yes, I forgot about that. The Shield, all the times they fought each other for the for titles. How many times uh, Dean Ambrose, Roman have fought each other for the t- for the WWE title, at, like Survivor Series 2016 or whatnot. The, they were offered opportunity. Yeah, you can fight either one of them. He says, "No, I don't want to fight them." And so he ends up having to get, go fight uh, Braun Strowman, get his ass whooped, and then Romance make the save because he's about to get murdered. And then he says, "You know what? I could be, uh, I could be Universal Champion." No shit, motherfucker. That's the, that's the that's the reason why they offer you this opportunity. You goddamn dummy. It's- oh my god! <laughs> no wonder this man left the company. No wonder he said, "Fuck your no money, sense. bro." Rich, what was the reason why he turned heel? Still waiting to find out. We don't. We still don't know because he wouldn't tell Seth Rollins why he turned on him. <laughs> Bro, he had a shirt that said "Never apologize, never give a reason" or some shit like that. Like yo, I just he why he won't tell you why he did it. Why? Unbelievable. Dean Ambrose, you earned your spot on this fucking list. You, you're not winning, you. but you damn sure, boy. You. <laughs> and the shit was so bad it was a, it, like the reason I honestly feel this way I don't know if you if you feel this way or not but for me like the reason why I'm so unenthused by Seth at times is part of it is because of how bad this fucking feud was and one thing I do I will give them credit for is they did that match at TLC and they said no we're not doing any more of this because this shit sucks we're just going to just move on from this. It's over. We got to get we got to get Seth ready for a rumble. We can't be having him doing no more of this shit. Get him away. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I'm glad they ended it, and then of course they did like another match randomly where Rich, Ambrose did remember a this one? Job for remember him. this one? After after he uh, won the rumble, slay the beast. Yeah, slay the beast. That, oh, that's it. That, the, the beef is over. Oh, uh, unbelievable. Boy, boy, <sighs> I'm still, I'm still, I'm still mad that Roman and Seth, when, um, when Roman came back, didn't beat, didn't beat the piss out of uh, Ambrose before, like, like beat him gang initiate style, and then let him, and then forgive him after they beat the piss out of him. But that whole shit, like, I'm so glad, you, I'm so glad you're back, Roman. I do. He's like, I got a favor, anything, man, anything. I need you to, uh, to, to stop the shit with, with Ambrose, nigga. What? Yeah, you want me to what? Oh man! Oh. I've all the stuff he said about you. What? Oh. Right, let's move on. Let's. Just, move. I can go on forever about this Ambrose thing. This whole he saga. was horrible. The yeah, whole saga just horrible. Unbelievable. Sorry, Sam. Like <laughs> Sam is gonna be mad because look, Sam gonna be mad. Like, and you know. As the time passed, more and more weeks went by, and this shit getting worse and worse and worse. You notice he stopped tweeting us about that shit less and less and less, <laughs> right? Him, him, and fuck deal with this. This shit sucks. I'm just, I'm sorry y'all didn't realize it as soon as we did, but this shit sucks. Yeah. Uh, up next, a duo that took the word "suck" to a whole new level. That... Yes, they made this suck iconic. Yes. The Iconics, my God. When you talk about 
cringe when you talk about just possessing no skill when you talk about horrible wrestling when you talk about just just being jabronis on every level geeks with title belts at this point now it don't get much worse than the iconics and i know we got people that listen that that like the iconics i don't know why <laughs> i'm gonna just put it out there you know i get that they're attractive y'all y'all might dig them in that way but look that's not helping them promos. That's not helping the wrestling. That's not helping these segments. So, <laughs> so what you really got? So, yeah, the Iconics were just like, I just saw them and they would come on the screen. And it seemed like the, the segment would never end, even though it was only a couple minutes long. Yeah, man. Um, some of the cringiest, and I don't really use that word like that, but some of the like worst stuff that makes you wince. Um, some of the stuff that you know, you know, it's played for. They're supposed to be comedy heels. Which think about that, comedy heels, right? Um, like they're supposed to be comedy heels, and they're doing comedy, and it's not funny, and it's supposed to make you groan, but like. You don't want to see them get beat up. You just want them away off your. You want just want them to be a whisked away and off your TV screen. Um, and and the sad thing is, like, you look at some of their Twitter stuff and some of their YouTube backstage stuff for .dot com or whatever else, and they're actually legitimately like charismatic and funny, like left to their own devices. But this product is not built on people actually having their own charisma. Like, they have to be, you know, people that are reading scripts. So, you know, me and you talked about this, like, the you gotta be joking me thing has carried over and has become like a meme because it's actually legitimately funny. Right. They never did anything even anywhere approaching that sort of thing um, on screen. And you think about the way people talk about when they saw Breaking Ground, they saw Baron Corbin or uh, another another perfect example is uh, the Dasha bot, Dasha Fuentes. Oh, um, yeah. Just, I, and, I, I miss Dasha. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> when, you see, when, when you see, like, the interviewers and you see how much personality and people on you know, this company uh, that work on screen in this company, you see the kind of person they really have when they're not on camera. And the difference is so just astounding where like, people feel like, it's almost like everyone's in black and white on 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 TV, but then once they get away from Vince's scripting, all of a sudden, and Kevin Dunn and the writer scripting, all of a sudden, like the color, and all of a sudden you see the reds, the blues, the purples, the fuchsias, like you know what I'm saying, like you know the magentas, the, the lavenders, like all all the, the pretty gold. colors, yeah, like the turquoise, like you know you see all these pretty colors and they come to life, and you're just like wow, like. And these are people that ultimately suffer from it. Like some people bump. Like some of it is a lot. Some of it is their own doing. A lot of it is their own booking. But like this stuff was like, especially the iconics. Like was the absolute zero professional wrestling. And uh, like if not for one brave soul who dared to be the the shit worst, um, th- this uh, dynamic duo would would be the victor. But no, they will only come away with the silver medal of bums. So. Y'all already know what it is. 
James just called the Iconics the absolute zero of professional wrestling. Well, introducing <laughs> the absolute negative one of professional wrestling. No, no we're going to call Cor- we're gonna still have to call Corbin Be- Sub-Zero out this bitch. Sub-Zero. He's below zero. Yes, below zero. Yes. <laughs> Fucking Sub-Zero himself, Baron Corbin, a man who was blamed for the ratings in reality and in storyline. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard no shit like that before, James. Neither have I. Neither have I. When you talk about um, sorry promos, completely void of charisma, completely inept as a wrestler, chin locks, rest holds, and people just wondering why the fuck you're here. Tall and white. That's what Baron Corbin is. <laughs> pretty much. And, like, people talk about the amount of heat. Again, we talked about it earlier in the show. It's like, he comes out when his music plays. Nobody boos, nobody cheers, and then then that's still the same for like that's also true for the Iconics. That's true for Bobby Lashley. That's true for uh, McIntyre as well too. And like for some reason they decided to grab like those five individuals and make one a tag team and those three a faction, a, a faction without actually uh, un- I'm sorry, a An everything unnamed. but a faction. They never yeah. had a name. They never actually came together and said we are the fill in the blanks or whatever else. Um, but they were together. At two different points in the last um, seven months, and they were the shits. Um, just constant heat and heat and um, being down, baby faces, baby faces like shit. Like they don't have friends at points. Um, I'm still waiting for Braun Strowman to get his title shot that he got fucked over from at, at Royal Rumble, but I guess that's never going to be a thing. And he's now a Mick Carter officially because this company just loves to turn people that could be stars into Mick Carters. Um, even even their stars make carters. So um, <laughs> so that's that's where we are. Um, um, yeah, just just the worst. And we got to now watch him. You have to watch Kev try or Seth try to do a carry job with him to try to get uh, a good match out of him. So best of luck. I saw the match that they had at some point last year at the main event, and it was just a fine match, but. <laughs> Like this dude's been around for over five years. Like I watching, I do this retro show, and he's been on the retro show already. So he's been. It means who knows when he's been on the PC. I think he got signed up like 2013-ish or something like that. Like he's maybe had even matches before that. Maybe. Um, I'm just. Want, I didn't want to over exaggerate it, so I said 13. Right. But like this is somebody that. Like he has tons of matches. Like. It ain't. It ain't. He's green. He'll get better. Like bullshit. That dude has pl- enough matches to where you know by now. Right. Especially in this era. Just. Just I. And, and he's failed upward uh, every step of the way. Yep. And with all this talent, with the competition emerging now, I don't understand how he continues to ascend uh, in his position. I won't. I don't get it. Uh, I've heard people try to say he's actually a heel. I'm like, well, then what the fuck is Sami Zayn? Um, yeah. What is what is Sami Zayn? What is Daniel Bryan? What is Chris Jericho? What is MJF? Like, I don't want to hear that. Like, you can be a heel and be dislikable and still have a fucking pulse. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be bland as goddamn toast. Boy. So, without further ado, Baron Corbin, you are... The LeBron James, you bum, of forever. 
to infinity and beyond. Yeah. Uh, I, I think everybody knew where that was going, but Baron Corbin, holy shit. Um, yeah. So, on to our best wrestlers list. Starting here, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe literally lit other wrestlers on fire with his promos throughout yes. this period. He was just so tough and so he overachieved so much from beyond like what his role actually was. Um, I, I really liked Joe showed me a lot in, in this thing because Joe's not like, you know, he's not the wrestler he once was and he really didn't have to be anymore because WWE doesn't really require you to <laughs> it, like it's not a prerequisite for you to blow the doors off uh, in ring wise but when it came to just striking the fear of God in people and then also just being the coldest motherfucker on the mic for different periods of, of time uh, Samoa Joe definitely had that in the bag yeah um, whether it was threatening to fuck AJ Styles wife <laughs> whether <laughs> Whether it was whether it was uh, calling Jeff uh, Hardy a, 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 a fucking alcoholic, or um, <clears throat> or whether it was you know beating the piss out of Ali for months on end, or whether it was saying to to, to Rey Mysterio that he's gonna he's gonna whoop in front of his son like he's, he's just he's just the best. And, like. There's no reason why he should not have been a, cha- uh, a top champion uh, over the last year, whether it was beating AJ in the summer or or um, or right now, honestly. So yeah, that's where I am on it. Like he he was in spurts. He's as good as anyone um, in this company. Um, up next, Andrade, perhaps the single best TV wrestler that has been happening in 2019. Uh, of course, when they allow him to wrestle, there was a moment where I think he won Wrestler of the Week like at least three or four weeks in a row, if I'm yep. not mistaken, uh, yep. to, to start the year. And yeah. he has been obviously not given the pay-per-view reps to really like state claim to all this stuff. But this one was I, one I felt strongly about because they asked him for, you know, they, they don't really ask him to talk. But when they tell him to go wrestle, he goes and wrestles his ass off. Yeah, all the time. Um, there was a, there was that report that you know came out and said he wasn't really happy about whatever, and they were gonna you know uh, start letting him do more. They let him do a little bit more, but there's still like a whole another level for this dude to get to. He could be the Mister Money in the Bank right now. Of course, that didn't happen. He could be challenging for any belt on the roster right now and be believable in that spot. This dude's been incredible. Yeah. Um, if not for this run since WrestleMania where they have Kofi, like, in a, <clears throat> in a match for, for good length, like, all, like, every single week, seemingly, whether it was on SmackDown or Raw, like, he would be the clear choice for uh, TV wrestler of the, of the year so far. Between the matches with Ray, between the matches with Finn Balor, um, it, it would be him. Um like he had great little exchanges at the, in the Royal Rumble. He um, he was in he was he in the elimination chamber. I don't really remember. No. Okay, he was not. But like 
Money in the Bank, he was also awesome in that as well. And, you know, him and Finn Balor almost killed themselves. Uh, so, like, he's definitely somebody that, you know, by next year, when we get to 2019, like, uh, Observer List, you look at it for most most underrated, he's going to be, he's probably going to win. Yeah. Um, and you could have said that last year when he was out here, you know, we were talking about these matches with AJ and Daniel Bryan in the summer. Um, he was killing it then, too. So, like the dude, the dude's nice. Like, <laughs> dude's undeniably nice. Like, if you ask me, who the best or the most skilled in-ring worker in all of WWE, NXT, NXT UK, Two Hundred Five Live, Raw, SmackDown, I think it's I think it's him. I really do. I think he might be the most talented in-ring worker in the entire company. Up next, uh, Daniel Bryan. Now. Of course, he turned heel during his thing. Freaked out. Hold on. Also, the match he had with Ali last week on SmackDown was also incredible. So I, I just wanted to mention that as well. Like he he does this. Yep. Ali does this. No, Ali. I'm sorry. Andrade does this. I uh I freaked out when Daniel Bryan turned heel to essentially save his career. Um, <laughs> because obviously he knew it wasn't going anywhere as a babyface. Right. Um, and <laughs> Daniel Brown was like, "All right, I got something else for y'all." <laughs> <laughs> so he was uh, he ended up taking the title off of AJ Styles. He was cutting lots of promos that were actually getting him booed, and I was just amazed that he was able to do this and defend the title a bunch. Had a bunch of good promos throughout, and. He was Dan Bryan, and I'm glad he's still here. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you go from, yeah, if you go from Survivor Series on pay-per-view, from Survivor Series to WrestleMania, that is the kick, like a match a year contender between him and AJ at TLC. Um, at Royal Rumble, they had an okay match, but it was a match that the crowd lost interest in because it got one of those. It, like it seems like now every pay per view we get is like one match, one like high profile match. It just does not work the way or get the crowd reaction it should because of crowd or, or card order or whatever else. Um, at Elimination Chamber, we had what you have said is the greatest Elimination Chamber match of all time, which is high praise, um, and that was based around Kofi and Daniel Bryan's. Um, final final fall. Um, at Fastlane, you have a a kick ass and underrated match of the year contender for between uh, for the main roster for match of the year between the three way between Andrade, Brian, and um, and Owens, where they beat Ali. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ali. Yeah. yeah, Ali, Kofi, and Ali, Kofi, Ali, Kevin Owens, and, and Brian, where they kicked the hell out of each other, and that finished it. He just murdered Ali. And then you have what is the main roster match of the year right now, which is Daniel Bryan versus Kofi in one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, bar none, excluding nobody. Um, that's the run he's been on for, was that five pay per view straight, something like that? Like, and then they he's had the one, like, everything's been a banger except for one. Yeah. So. Um... And the only reason why he didn't continue is because he had a, so he had moved off because he probably you know he had some type of injury that you know may or may not have been a concussion. So um, only thing stopping him is is his health, and that dude is you know 
people were concerned about the about you know the change or whatever else and there was some real reason to have concern about it for a company that is so bad at making baby faces they actually turned the one of the one of the few success stories they've had over the last uh decade for top baby faces and turned them heel and um it's not the same it definitely isn't but he's back wrestling at the level of that he was at for big matches um where he was the big best big match guy in the company um years ago and it's kind of reclaimed down on the main roster so um i'm glad to see it because i you know after um after that retirement speech i thought i'd never see daniel Bryan wrestling again and to see him back and he's just like kicking ass in these big shows again it's like i'm happy yep i never thought i'd get that again um then second place um Kofi Kingston, the WWE champion. This guy has taken an opportunity that he got in a gauntlet match and was like, you know what? I've been grinding my whole life. (laughs) I am about to cash this shit in. Um, And the crowd took to him. And it seems like the more the crowd just cheered Kofi, he absorbed it. And he just like, like let it really just like marinate inside of him. And he just started performing better and better and better and going through Vince McMahon. And then of course, you know, I actually got moved to write a column about it and he was, you know, really telling multiple stories at once um, at the same time with his ascent to the WWE championship that almost anyone could like find themselves in that story. And, I think he has been phenomenal since he's been the WWE champion. And quite honestly, as Ziggler said, he is one of the best uh, WWE champions in recent memory already. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what did you think about Kofi James? Yeah, I think that since uh, since that first, um, the first gauntlet match, so I believe that is like February twelfth. So since February twelfth, so we are now in. Um, we're, it's about to be June soon. So, um, yeah, we're talking about it. Was that how many months is that from? Was like that three uh, mo- almost four months? Yeah. So for a span of almost four months or three and a half months, Kofi Kingston has been um, the best pushed or the most successful act in the entire company uh, from a push standpoint, from a creative standpoint, um, from a crowd reaction standpoint. um, He has been honestly since WrestleMania, maybe, I mean, if not um, a saving grace, the lone saving grace of this entire um, operation that works on primetime cable um, since WrestleMania. So, uh, I don't know where the hell they would be without him <laughs> from a creative standpoint, <laughs> uh, from a, from a reason to tune in to watch, but um, from the, you know, the, the big Kevin, the Kevin Owens uh, run for a week or two to the hill turn to um, him being the finest fighting champion you could ever damn well find to uh, his run through all the hoops that in proverbial brass events made a run through for reasons we still don't know other than the subtext of look at him look at the history of the of this company um he's been he's been it's been a great run it was a hell of a uh, climb to get there that had people you know on on eggshells because of 
the way this company has been ran um, in this run that we have also covered that have no faith in them actually, you know, pulling the trigger and fo- following through with a Becky Lynch, with a uh, Seth Rollins, with a Kofi Kingston, to where all three of them did uh, pulled it off, or not all three pulled it off, but where Vince pulled the trigger on all three of them, we had one of the more feel-good moments in recent memory, especially around WrestleMania, in, you know, um, Becky's, you know, had to find new ground because of the, she's on Raw and Raw, the Raw women's roster is just, just bombed out and depleted. And, you know, Seth, you know, Seth had that kick-ass match with, with um, AJ, but it wasn't, you know, the feud was not there, um, was not on point. Match was fire, but no. And Kofi has had the juice from, we, we put him in matches, he delivers in matches, uh, we put him on pay-per-view. He has good ass pay per view match, and like that's really all I want out of wrestling is we have a direction with somebody, we book them strong to make you care about him. Uh, he's a baby face that doesn't do unbaby face things. He stands on his own too. He cares about people uh, that he's around, where this where there's Xavier getting laid laid out. He makes saves for him and or whatever else, and like he's a family man with the, what happened at WrestleMania and his kids and everything. And, like, and I say this to you like. After he won the WrestleMania uh, match, like when he had his kids, his wife in the ring with him in the championship celebration, and we got the old, and we and we saved the fucking WWE title, saved the belt, we bring out the new belt or the old belt, and got rid of that that weed the weed belt, weed and I was like, like this dude is like this white me baby face that everyone respects and loves, and it's happy to see him, you know, reach the mountaintop, and like this dude is like our generation steamboat, not really. I stand now seeing where we are now, like I stand even more behind it, like you know, I don't know if it's you know five, ten, fifteen years from now, there will be people that look like we're doing the show and it's the end of it, or for uh, on this podcast network but five ten years fifteen years from now there will be like people that like me or you and they will be saying that like this is inspiration that made them want to do this shit and like there's there's power in that. Yeah. And you know we we you know we're not doing this shit anymore because Vince is making <laughs> making lose our goddamn mind and whatever else to do to review this every single week. But um if we're gonna give him credit for anything it will be this I almost want to say magical run of like the last four months with with uh, with Kofi. It's been excellent. Yeah. Um. Uh, well said. Well said. Um. But number one. Um. I and you know if you're if you're talking about this last four months, I don't. I wouldn't put her number one. But we were doing the show before <laughs> those four months, and and a lot of his like circumstances are beyond her control. Yeah. So. Uh, there was always a, a few that was set in stone that had to go a certain way, but we know who the star was. We knew who had the juice at a certain point. We know what it should have been. We have it in the archives. The day it happened, the day after the Royal Rumble, it should have been Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. Becky Lynch from the 10 weeks between SummerSlam and Evolution locked herself into the WrestleMania main event and was the hottest star in the business. And yep. They they fought against it. They wanted her to be a heel. Don't ever let anyone try to tell y'all differently. Um, don't ever let them try to lie and say that you know they 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 made this all happen. No, because yeah. they, the people took to Becky Lynch. The people. Oh. 
real quick. And also, anyone that wants to wants to try to you know reshape the narrative, there's always where you can go hear Edge talk about that that segment at Raw 1000 where he says the idea was specifically to to get her booed. Yeah. So anyone wants to tell you that shit about like that was all the plan along? No, they're they're they're, bull, they're bullshitting. Yeah. Um, she was it. She from from invading uh Raw to beat Ronda Rousey's ass with the bloody nose and everything like that to beating Charlotte's ass at, at literally every moment <laughs> being the jump zone 2.0 to all the promos that just, she literally was like a human fireball. She <laughs> like, you know, how I said, uh, somebody, I said, John Moss was about to take his career back. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch took her fucking career back, like, last year, like, yep. and, and got a WrestleMania main event out of it, got a fucking win, uh, unified the belts out of it, you know, and and she she did it. They'll never take it away from her. She she was the first. She will always be the first, and it's crazy how it happened, honestly. Yeah, um... There's a promo that she did right after, or two nights after SummerSlam, when she, you know, she beat the piss out of uh, Charlotte and slapped her because Charlotte um, rolled her up, or not rolled her up, hit her with her finish when she had the match won. Um, and she came out, and this promo was the, the promo where she, you know, she tried to shit on the crowd, and the crowd completely rejected her shitting on the crowd. And um, but the promo was so good that it stuck with me that. She said that um, she said that like she had always been called Charlotte's. She said that she always wanted to prove the doubters wrong. She had fought, fought, and fought um, for a shot, and this is her chance. This is her turn to be top, to be champion. This is her chance to prove that um, she was more than just Charlotte Flair's friend. Um, she said that she she said that she would uh, she envisioned herself holding that towel above her head, saying that she's a top star. No, I'm sorry, saying that she is her that she is a champion. She's her own woman. She's a top star, and that she put the uh, SmackDown and that she put the SmackDown Live Women's Division back on the map. Um, and then it always stuck with me. And it's it's crazy that she did that promo saying uh, how Charlotte stole that moment from her. So she said that once Charlotte stole that moment from her, she really decided she was going to um, lift Charlotte's arm up and then take her rip her head off. Um, and then from that was almost, and then she goes on to say the stuff about the crowd not really behind her, and the crowd is literally trying to like talk sense in her. It's like, you know, I know you guys are cheering, but were you really behind me? And the crowd's like, yes, we were behind you, yes, you can hear it. So, but the main takeaway from that stuff, her saying like all that stuff eventually became a reality. She did become her own woman. She became not only she became her own woman. She in becoming her own woman, she became the man. Um, and she did win the title. Uh, the very next pay per view by being by pinning Charlotte clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring. Um, and she did put that division on the map. Like it was literally her that whole division for so long. Like until the until the uh, brand split, it was literally four women. It was. Naomi, it was Oscar, it was Charlotte, and it was Becky, and a whole bunch of scraps and things of uh, people that had like, 
you know, one or two tools, but like stuff that's not a, not not ready for TV. Um, and because of Charlotte and Becky, and ultimately the story being that she, Becky was just hell bent on winning that title and protecting that title and keeping that title, that friendships be damned, and that just that just set off and carried SmackDown into the next year. Um, you know, it. Charlotte and Becky became such a big thing that it ended up getting ended up getting Ronda hot because Becky ends up making some knocks at uh, at, at Ronda um, in November after Evolution. Uh, ends up getting ends up getting Oscar hot because Oscar, you know, after Becky ended up getting hurt, people were cheering for Oscar to, uh, to be in that match against Ronda because the crowd was so into Becky they didn't want to see Charlotte. Um, it didn't work out. They did the Charlotte thing, and then they go to TLC, and the whole thing is Oscar is she, <laughs> she is the independent candidate. She's the third choice, right? Nobody wants to see, uh, nobody wants to see Charlotte win this title because they are so into this Becky thing, or not, you know, the people that aren't crazy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the non crazy, the, the fucking so, loons out there. Yeah, let me. Say uh, the it. one like the ones that don't want to. The people aren't denial. The people that the people that aren't like the heat denialists. Like people don't like it. Think they're like, yeah, anything Vince Plaza's draws was hot in these streets. Um, so, and then that feud leads into Oscar having really what is the best, the biggest, most important feud of her entire main roster run. That whole run from uh, December into War One, where she ends up picking the biggest run of her career by tapping out Becky Lynch, who had not lost a single match since she got pinned at SummerSlam, or yeah, at SummerSlam. Um, and then we get to um, Royal Rumble, uh, and she has, you know, she loses. She has a good ass match with with Oscar. She puts drop puts her over. She comes in. She was Rumble. The crowd loses mind. Is the it's probably the best celebration of a Rumble win in God knows how long. Um, then the next night, that night, you know, um, and I, I know I skipped over the night when I, when Becky was officially like the top star in the company, the, the bloody nose and everything, but maybe you covered that, but Look, y'all know what it is. But when she went face to face with, with Ron and Rollett, and then she said, look, it was always you ever since November. And I'm here now and it's going to happen. And then Ronda responds with what was probably the best, her best moments on the mic. She says like, I'm tired of these fucking people, and I'm tired of you pretending like I couldn't. I couldn't just kill you with my bare hands without breaking a sweat. And you just in that moment, just like, holy shit! Like I don't think I've wanted to watch a WWE match or a wrestling match this badly, and and I don't know how long. And that was the match. After that, you know what happened after that. If you go through and you listen to this show at any point in time between uh, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, you've heard me lose my mind. I actually went back and listened to when they, the the week where they actually in, uh, Vince actually installed uh, Charlotte into it, uh-huh. and I take I take off for probably like five somewhere maybe close to ten minutes just by myself. So yeah, um, I remember saying at a time like, "Look, you fuck this. You're not. I don't have no faith in you fixing it." Because I saw what you did with Braun Strowman in uh, his title shot, and I remember you, you know, a few weeks ago or in December saying we're not going to fuck with people anymore, and then you merely fuck him, and then he there's no repercussions. So don't let me, don't give me this bullshit about you're going to fix this feud, you're going to have 
Becky, you know, beat the hell out of Vince or whatever else. None of that happened. I had no faith that it happened. It didn't happen. But I said, I want to see the match. And we got the match. It wasn't because I thought it was going to be. But um, Becky is still a star. She comes out. She gets cheered. Hell, the, the biggest reaction we got on Monday Night Raw on, this, on that sad, sad-ass show was Becky getting that hot tag. So, you know, she's, she's cemented. She's going to be a star for a long time. And, or, you know, or maybe that's forever. But we saw that rise from catering to to that. So, for me, she probably or she she deserves for this time period, if you want to call it, you know, wrestler of the year or wrestler of One Nation Radio, whatever you want to call it, she's it. Yeah, um, yeah. So Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin um, are our two winners uh, here, and I would say yeah. Kofi's like flanking Becky, like pretty close. Yeah, but he caught it close. But I, I also one thing uh, like. We mentioned that, like I mentioned, the moment that, that Kofi had at uh, at WrestleMania, and how great it was. The best match of this time frame of us covering this show is still Last Woman Standing Evolution between Becky and Charlotte. So when Becky power bombed Charlotte's ass off the apron <laughs> through that table, that that was that was one for all time, one for the record books. So like she also had her, she also had her classic too. Yeah. Anyway, um, I guess uh, the other question, James, uh, why'd you always say sorry, Chad? Oh, oh yeah. So, um, me and Rich, uh, one of the inspirations for this this show and pretty much anything we do on the audio medium is um, Pomati Jones' radio shows in the past, whether it was um, The Evening Jones on um, ESPN Radio or was uh, The Morning Jones on... Score, was it? On Score, yeah, Score, or, yeah, Score on um, set, on Sirius FM or whatever, or Sirius, Sirius Radio, whatever, Satellite Radio. So, I remember one time Belmonte was talking about how he, when he first got to, he first got this, the guest duty on um, Around the Horn, how he said that his thought process when he first did it was he's going to do it the way he was going to do it with no regrets and do it as if like they'll never call him back. So he, he does it like no one's going to call him ever call him back to do it again. Then he, you know, then he can say, I did him. I did it my way. And, you know, I let the chips fall where they may after that. Right. But I gotta be unapologetically me. And when we got, when we got this review show and when we started doing podcasts years ago, it was always like, we're going to be ourselves, and if you rock with it, that's cool. If you disagree, that's cool. Whatever else, like, it's all, you know, the whole thing is, like, there's no point in being disingenuous about it, about ours. So, um, when we end up getting this review show, uh, I took that, I took that with me, the, the you know, the whole money thing of, you know, doing as if no one's going to call me back, or call us back to do it, or whatever else, or they may take the show away. Because, um, you know, Honesty is like the best policy, I guess, lame way of saying it or whatever else. But um so I always say at the end of the show, sorry, Chad, as if like we said something that Chad has to take us off the they had to take us off the air. And I just <laughs> just let him know like if if it wasn't good if if it was something that we crossed the line on, then I'm calling I'm I'm apologizing to Chad who who stuck his neck out for us for this opportunity ahead of time, so he already knows. So that's that's why it's always been at the end of the show, sorry, Chad. Yeah. 
Um, so I guess that brings us to uh, the end of the line. Uh, I just want to shout out uh, and thank everybody at uh, Lords of Pain Radio for giving us the opportunity to uh, put a show on the feed uh, for to succeed uh, Stephen Bell uh, from the Late Shift who uh, covered Raw and SmackDown, and we just tried to step in and put our flavor on it. Much as James, uh, kind of like James said, like we wanted to do it our way, and no one. You know, to their credit, like told us, like, "Hey, y'all, y'all going a little too too hard with it, or you guys, you know, taking it, you know, a little too far." Like, we pretty much got to got to, you know, run it how we wanted. So, um, and thank everybody for listening. Uh, as I mentioned, a lot of you guys have reached out and uh, said you guys enjoy the show. I hope you will travel with us over to uh, our home, the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, this was like always like our second show uh, that we did, but it, in a lot of ways, it was like this is where we would really get passionate and really unload about you know what's really going on in the wrestling business right now, um, or in WWE specifically because. Um, we kind of talk more about uh, everything else over on our other show. Um, but thanks to uh, my fellow writers on Lords of Pain. And, you know, it, it's going to it's gonna be different not doing the uh, show. And we've done, like, what is it, like 40-something of these? 40-something so, of them, yeah. Yeah, th- this was a, was a project in itself. I As I mentioned, I felt like we got to cover um, a time period in WWE that, when when they look back in a couple years or whatever, it'll be like something happened here, and we've got audio for you know essentially SummerSlam 2018 through June of the following year, and the the landscape of pro wrestling is about to change. So um, I, I was happy to do it. Thank you to James uh, for doing this every week with me. And it's just like, I, I wouldn't want to do the show with, any, with anyone else, like on a consistent basis. So, um, anything to add, James, before we uh, shut this bitch down? <laughs> no. Um, I think I said my piece. And um, it's, it's weird now that it's over, but, um, you know, I, I, I guess this is it, right? So, it is what it was. It was fun. Yeah, you know, if the show's more fun, at least you know. I hope that for those that are listening, um, I hope that you guys felt that like we we for the, whatever the shows lacked that when y'all watched them, whatever our reviews kind of like you know filled that or filled that void or or bridged that gap as far as what you were trying to get out of some type of fun for you know an hour or whatever else, however long it takes to come off fast. You listen to this whatever rate of speed you listen to the show on. So um, I know one one of the great uh, it's almost like cathartic at some points, like to be able to unleash on these shows. Almost like you know, in, 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 almost in real time, like me, like visceral reaction after the shows end, so I can kind of like get that off my chest before like we get to later, you know, times. And it was in overall like while I go on some of these rants, lose my mind, and or, or Rich does the same. Like it's 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 so fun to like to to just like to get that off of your chest. It's like yo, like I invested five hours a week into this fucking company. <laughs> and they had the unmitigated gall. I'm not sure my Stephen A. Smith voice, but the yes. unmitigated gall, the temerity <laughs> how, to, to, to do X, Y, or Z. How dare you? So um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad anybody else uh, listed is also got, got the, uh, also got that um, joy. 
you know, going through it. So I appreciate you. I appreciate it. All right, y'all. Uh, we up out of here and um, vote with us. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. <laughs> Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.